What a weird world we wander. Hello, weird world. We... <laughs> hey, hello. Hello. Hello, everybody, and welcome. And welcome. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of the Last Ones in Podcast. I am Dry Archuleta, joined today by E. Hello. And Robbie. Hey. And Sam. Hi. And today we are going to be watching Robbie. Promising Young Woman. Done which, in 2020, actually. Which he will be presenting. Yeah. Wow. I think this is one of those rare cases that I think I'm the only one who's seen this movie so far. Yeah, I kept forgetting the name of it all day when Sam asked me what movie we were watching. <laughs> yeah, the name of the movie is Promising Young Woman. The only thing I remember is that one Bo Burnham's in. Yes. That's the part I know. <laughs> I mean, you are a Bo Burnham fan, so that would make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, I guess technically so am I, but I know you're more of one. Yeah, that's right. I'm a. <laughs> I don't know why I said that with such disdain, but Bo Burnham elitist. Yeah, I may or may not have seen one special. I'm not actually sure. I think Liz showed you one at one point. I think she did, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway, before we talk about that movie, uh, let's see how people are doing today. Yeah. E, let's start with you. How um, are things going? It's fine. I haven't done a whole lot. I mostly just play games, but I did finish a couple. Did you finally do Wizard? Of Oz? No, I decided to like com like a hundred percent quote unquote um the retro game challenge too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that that one's fun, but those games are really jank if you try to really play them. But oh. also, that's kind of pretty Weird. accurate to the yeah. time that it bases them off. That's true. But yeah, that that game's really fun, and if it wasn't never released in any non-Japanese territories, and also for the Nintendo DS, I would definitely recommend everyone go play it, but it sure as hell wasn't. <laughs> no. Cool. But fun. Yeah. And then, other than that, just, like, playing random games. Nice. Not much else. Did you start a new animation project yet? No. I'm working on my game instead. Nice. That's... I, I drew two things. That's That's kind of an animation project. Yeah. I mean, when you're the only artist... It sure is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, Robbie. More work on my end, honestly. Um, had a weird night, like, working overtime last night, but... Zombies? Was it zombies again? Kinda? <laughs> <laughs> uh, There's only four of us there the entire night, and so I was just, you know, off doing my thing. Um, I tried the new machine finding that they had for the, you know, one of that... Because they had that machine that broke down, and they had one that replaced it, and I tried the one that they replaced it with. Right. Uh, that... It's different. <laughs> they never actually plugged it in. <laughs> Which is weird because I've been running for two weeks now. Spent all night updating the firmware. But um, other than that, I think the only thing like really worth mentioning is uh, I picked up the Dread X collection again because I got stuck on that one game that I was talking about that I said is kind of like an escape room. Yeah. In game, or, I was going to say in game form, but technically an escape room <laughs> is a game. <laughs> um, it was one of those because like, I was on like my eighth try of that. And so I got frustrated, Jesus. and so like I decided to pick it up again and got it on my first try this time around. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's weird how the brain just works things in the background when you're not really doing a thing. Yeah, it's one of those weird things that like we always did as kids. It's like we get stuck on a boss or stuck on a puzzle in a game or something, and then put it down, go to bed, wake up in the morning, get it the first try. Yeah. Not me. I just refuse to put it down. <laughs> See, that's, like, that's what's so interesting about that, I think, is because legitimately, 
your brain is trying to work itself in the background to figure out why you couldn't figure this thing out. Yeah. And so without you even realizing it, your subconscious works through the problem. So when you go back to it the next day, you're immediately just better at it because your brain's been working on it for you. Yeah. Not even that. Just sometimes you do just need to not have as strong emotions. That's true. That's also true. Uh, I was texting Dry whenever I got stuck on the last, uh, the last Mass Effect game. Uh, to be fair, though, I legitimately got caught in a glitch on that game because, like, that last, like, wave of enemies that are coming at you, um, they were supposed to eventually stop, but I hit a glitch where they just kept on coming. It's <laughs> awful. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, like I turned off the game, and yeah, I turned off the game, turned it back on an hour later, and beat it first try. <laughs> God, that just actually sounds like hell. You get to play a game where there's, like, survival rounds, and it just never stops the actual first round. That's kind yeah, of that's kind of what happened. Floor, actually, <laughs> <laughs> there are video games that are just that. Actually, well, it sounds like hell. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, Sam. Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> oh, life's been okay. Weird. I had jury duty this week. Yeah. Uh, and actually, Again. ended up getting picked to be Aww. on the jury. <laughs> but thankfully, while we were like. We like before we were supposed to go back into the courtroom after lunch. I guess the guy accepted a plea bargain, so we didn't actually have to do anything really except for fucking sit there for like a few hours. I imagine the guy's like, "Oh, you actually found a jury? Oh, uh, yeah. Can, can I make a deal with you guys?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So apparently, this case is like from 2015. Why? Why last minute? I don't know. But I was okay with it because I didn't want to be there for like two to three days. Yeah, mostly when it comes to like plea bargains, they kind of the lawyer looks at their case and realizes like they're probably going to find you as guilty. So if you want to like get a shorter sentence, then take this bar or take this plea bargain, and we'll cut X amount of years off yeah. of your yeah. sentence. Yeah, so you get two years off your lifetime sentence. <laughs> we'll take away two of the eight consecutive life sentences that you have. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Don't know. I didn't really know the details except for there was contraband or something. He was a prisoner. I don't know. We keep discussing a lot of the jury stuff. I'm still pretty sure you're not allowed to discuss once it. It's, once it's I done, think... you can talk about it all you want. Oh, yeah, okay. I think after it's done, but you can't talk to it like during talk about it during the process. Oh, okay. Yeah, like during the process, you're not allowed to talk to anyone else about it. You're not allowed to talk to the media. You're actually or in some rare cases, you're not even allowed to like watch the news about the oh, case. Oh no, you're supposed because you're, you're supposed, supposed to be to. as unbiased as humanly right. possible. You're not. Yeah, they told us we're not supposed to look up any news or any <laughs> anything about the case. That would make so. me immediately want to look up stuff if someone's like, "Don't." No, that's the thing. <laughs> if if it's like a really high um, high profile, yeah, high profile case, they'll take your phone away and they put you in a hotel room. They cut off cable. You literally sit in a hotel room and aren't allowed to do anything. And they're like, ha I secretly brought my Switch. Yeah, that's what I did this week. Fun yeah. stuff. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> it was mostly boring. But... It was mostly boring, but they gave you $30. Nope. Did, you get, oh. did, they, <laughs> did they give you lunch at least? Like, Or did you have to buy your own nope. lunch? Nope. Had to buy my own oh. lunch. Oh. Which my lunch, since it's a really small town, we had like an hour and a hour and a half or something to eat mcdonald's no i just went to the the gas station bought some trail mix and a (laughs) bottle of water (laughs) they had a subway in there too but i was like "Mm." but i mean do you really want subway ever i had subway the other day and it was pretty uh 
combined, right? It was completely bread yeah, with like, meat. It's never as good as you think it will be. Yeah, it smells great when you walk in, and then yeah. it just doesn't taste I great. don't even get that luxury. Oh, right, you can't smell. Yeah, I just have <laughs> to be like, uh, just slather a bunch of marinara sauce on it, please, Man, and then have, I can taste marinara. You have no idea how good a campfire smells then. No, I wouldn't anyways. I've never been around a campfire. I, you've never been camping? Not like formally. What do you I mean went formally. Like what is it was like a camping. Like I don't know. Like a youth. I, I feel like informal camping is like whenever you like put a tent in your backyard and yeah. then like try to hook up a CRT TV to the <laughs> okay, well, inside of it and like <laughs> play games inside of there with like, like an extension cord going to your living room. There, there's like a what are they? It's like a nature center. Like I camped in one of those, but like it's a nature center, so it's not huh. really camping. If you I never went camping, no. If you haven't gone camping in a tent like in the middle of the mountains and no. like afraid that a bear is going to eat you <laughs> in the middle of the night, then like what are you even doing with your I life? I already struggle in a city hearing <laughs> random noises. I can't imagine like... He's in an apartment and he's thinking a bear's going to eat me. Yeah, like, come on. <laughs> Fucking deer scare me if I see one what? in the parking lot. I'm like, I don't want to deal with this. This thing might eat me. No. I mean, <laughs> the to deer be, will not eat <laughs> To be fair though, more people die every year from deer than bears so it's because they try and feed the deer like idiots <laughs> yeah or it's because they like hit deer yeah well that yeah either counts. they hit it with a car or like somebody like tries to pet an elk and they forget the fact that an elk is almost the size of a horse with sharp ho- or sharp uh, antlers on the front of it yeah you don't i mean there are people who try to pet bison and it's like that thing is actually just <laughs> yeah, pure that rage. thing is a, yeah it's a ta- <laughs> it's a tank that's like this close to like putting all of its rage on you yeah, yeah. Um, don't oh. fuck with wild animals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah bad no. idea. <laughs> never never been camping, no. Well, we gotta fix that someday. Yeah. Well, it's I'm awful. working now, so it's gonna be a lot harder. Camping sucks, you'll love it. Camping <laughs> is so fun, though. I mean, like, I bet I'll like eating. <laughs> yeah, that's just <laughs> life. I mean, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like, campfire food is different than, like, you know, it ordering is. Domino's. It <laughs> is. Well, you just, like, you throw, like, a can of beans in the fire, and then you just hope it's not too hot when you pick it back up. Like, no, no, that'll no, explode. Great. Yeah. <laughs> what you do is you throw the can of beans in there. You wait for it to explode, and then, like, just hold a bowl over your head and let it rain into the bowl. You know, camping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, like, when you, like, throw a bag of marshmallows <laughs> The great tradition of the beanie rain. Yeah. <laughs> um, so many bears. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. But this isn't the camping episode. This is the pretty young woman episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, try Like, what's up? How are you? Oh, how's, yeah. how's the hostess with the beaniest? I thought he started. My bad. <laughs> Um, I'm I'm doing great. Went and saw the Suicide Squad this weekend. It would be the weekend before by the time this episode comes out. Went and saw it in Dolby. Uh, the last forty minutes of that movie, the theater didn't stop shaking because of how loud the bass is. It was fucking incredible. I loved every minute of it. That movie's fucking hilarious and actiony and like dramatic. It's it's a, basically it's, a perfect summer movie. It's everything that the original wasn't. Yeah. Actually, it just nope. makes me think like just for 40 minutes, they're just like in the back of a van with no seatbelts. And it's just like the shaking of the van. Like, <laughs> no, it's um, it did what I wanted Godzilla to do in theaters when like things are crashing through buildings. You like feel the building like fall through the theater because like and then you can't hear for 10 hours afterward. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but like the bass was just so heavy that like literally the last 40 minutes of what was happening in the movie, it was just rattling my seat the entire time. It was fantastic dope yeah um 
Yeah, and then I figured out that, uh, thrilled about this, by the way, you can watch some things on VRV for free. A lot of things, actually. Yeah. With commercials. Yeah. Yeah, with commercials. So I started watching Digimon Try. Nice. <laughs> I am nine episodes in. It is the best and the worst Digimon has ever been. Yeah. It is like a normal anime, and they have a fucking spa episode, but occasionally they have to fight monsters. Yeah. It's... In the spa. No, not not this time. In the original, they had a spa episode as well. <laughs> yeah. And they fought monsters in the spa. And, like, the spa made them think that they were ghosts or something. Well, it's, it's like one of those things where it's, it's just, like, a legally mandated thing whenever you make an anime. You just have to have a spa episode. And I a think beach so. Episode now. <laughs> Actually, it might be because every anime I've seen has, like, a spa or a beach episode. I mean, they also just have a lot of spas and stuff yeah. in Japan, yeah. whereas we cannot relate. That's true. I don't want to take a public bath with anybody, let alone a bunch of strangers. So, <laughs> like in America, also in, I was gonna say in Japan, like landlock is just a myth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like the other thing is that uh, I made the mistake because VRV just lets you comment that an episode listing exists, which is weird. Uh-huh. So like I went and looked at the comments of an episode. I was like, I wonder what fans are th- saying about this. And like the third comment was like, This show's getting game as fuck, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, I guess. I mean, yeah, the comments. I don't know why there really is comments. Same. Well, like I look at them sometimes, and I'm like, "Yep, that's what happened in the episode." Like, <laughs> okay, so the comment section made a little bit more sense whenever they had like Geek and Sundry and a cup and uh, Rooster Teeth and a couple yeah. other big ones. Like Rooster Teeth is still on there, but like but whenever like, they had like more streaming services that you would like see that are more common on like YouTube or Twitch or something like that, then. It made more sense to have a comment section, but now it's just there to like yeah. for people just to like throw spoilers into an episode. Like I only really like it if I'm on like the last episode of something, so I can see like what people thought of the series as a whole and stuff like that. Or if someone's like, "Hey, did you know season two was announced?" And I was like, "I sure didn't, but now I do, and I'll yeah. remember in four more years, and I'll forget immediately." <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's cool for things like that, but the internet's the internet. So yeah, it was just the most volatile comments yeah. I've seen in such They're a long dumb. time. And also, like, Digivon is something people have a lot of nostalgia for and refuse to believe that potentially the one that they watched as a kid wasn't as good that they remember. No, it was fucking dope. (laughs) I mean, I do think Digimon's (laughs) dope, but I just think that there's also probably dope new Digimon. I mean, yeah, the new Digimon looks really fucking good. Yeah. It's great. And it feels like Digimon. I really like it. Yeah. Hopefully the ads have gotten better, because, like, the main reason why I pay for VRV is because... I think four years ago, whenever I first decided to start watching it, like I was watching a couple things and like, there are some things that you have to have the premium subscription for, right. but uh, for like the free stuff that I was watching, like the ads just sucked. I'm pretty it, like... sure VRV thinks I'm a woman. <laughs> um, I got, I, well, I got... you are watching Digimon. Good point. Uh, <laughs> 30 <laughs> seconds in, like after, or actually a minute and a half after the opening intro song, uh, you get five ads that are 30 seconds each. Yep. Um, and each one of them was just like, isn't it hard being a woman? Here's this new tampon. Isn't it hard being a woman? Here's this new bra. Like, and literally, that's all my ads were. Huh. And like, then there was one that was like, it was for Audible, and it was like, being a woman in the city is really hard. So that's why it's great to escape with Audible. Like, what the fuck? Why? <laughs> I'm watching Digimon. Just let me watch Digimon. Were you, I mean, it were you be... signed in as Liz? No, it, I made a new account. <laughs> I don't understand what happened. But I mean it could be worse. It could be like match.com. Find your match and then back to the movie where a guy is killing himself with a wooden I mean, that sword. Was great too. Yeah, it, it could be worse. But anyway, Digimon great. Um go watch it. 
I'll try one day, but there's a lot of Digimon. There's a lot of Digimon. The most of it, I would argue, is pretty bad Digimon, actually. I mean, but... For, yeah, but, like, you know what? I'll just go out and buy a Digimon Tomogachi instead and just play that for one hour. Yeah. And never experience. again. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's get on to this movie that you are presenting today, yeah. Robbie. Yes. Take it away. So, also speaking of movies that you were saying earlier that it was hard to make a movie during the pandemic, this movie came out midway through the pandemic. Uh, it was filmed, like, late 2019 and then, you know, came out in theaters in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. So, like, I hadn't heard of it for a while. Like, weirdly enough, the way that I heard about it was because of some of the controversies that came about because of this movie, which we'll, we'll get into those later. That is how I initially heard of it as well. Yeah. Nevertheless, really glad that I heard about it. Uh, really wanted to show it to you guys at some point in time, so now we're watching the movie. Yeah. Um, Is there a trigger warning for this? Kind of? Because from I, what I think this movie's about, I think it's about some subject. There is some very uneasy subject matter in this movie. Nothing that's like... I don't think anyone here would have to worry about a trigger warning. No, no, but our audience. Yeah, I guess uh, in general, like this movie does deal with some very uncomfortable subjects dealing with uh dealing with rape and suicide and rape culture in general. Like so there it there is that as a trigger warning that does kind of mess with like the what do you think this movie's about? Yeah. With it, but yeah, there is sense of like that kind of trigger warning. This movie, it's a very well done movie, but it Feeling uneasy is part of the experience with this movie. But since I'm the only one who has seen this before, I think E might know the least about this. Probably. <laughs> that, that's a safe call. Yeah, safe call. I don't know about that because I've never heard of it. Oh, really? <laughs> Neither have I. <laughs> but you know how movies work. <laughs> Arguably, at this point, E still isn't sure what a movie is. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um. So E. Hi. What do you think Promising Young Woman is about? I think this movie is about a young woman who is promising in the workforce. You know, she does all her work good and by all accounts should definitely be going up the corporate ladder, but sexism. Okay. <laughs> that's actually a good call. <laughs> that's that's my guess. Yeah. Uh Sam, what do you think this movie is about? Um, I think it's about a woman and she like moves to the big city. And she gets this job, and then sexism. (laughs) (laughs) Bam, sexism. (laughs) There is sexism in the movie, though, so that, once again, good call. Okay. And since, yeah, I think me and Dry heard about this movie roughly the same way, I guess I should ask Dry, probably has the best idea of what this movie actually is about. I think so. Uh, I do think that it is a revenge film. A uh, promising young woman is like, oh, she was such a promising young woman, and like she's like going up a corporate business ladder, uh, and then she gets raped, and then it becomes a revenge film, um, and but like almost satirical, like tongue in cheek on how she's murdering people, I think tonally, um, but then gets real dark because you know rape did happen, and uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's that type of movie. Okay. This movie actually is labeled as like a thriller slash dark comedy. There you go. So there is that. Like there is some like tongue in cheek stuff in this movie. And there is like, there is some humor in the movie. Uh, Some of the humor, quote unquote, though, I feel like you'd be a bad person if you laughed at it. But we'll see what happens. All right. Here we go to Robbie's early judgments on my sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. But um, with that, let's read the back of the box. 
From visionary director Emerald Fennell comes a delicious new take on revenge. Everybody said Cassie was a promising young woman until a mysterious event abruptly derailed her future. But nothing in Cassie's life was what it appeared to be. She's wickedly smart, tantalizingly cunning, and she lives a secret double life at, by night. Now, an unexpected encounter is about to give Cassie a chance to right the wrongs of the past in this thrilling, wildly entertaining story. This movie is an hour and 54 minutes long, okay. and it is rated R for strong violence, including sexual assault, language throughout, some sexual material, and drug use. All right, intense movie then. Yeah, it, it, like I said, it does, like nothing, well, there's like one scene that it is pretty rough to watch in the movie. Other than that, like most of it is just kind of like that unnerving, uneasy feeling. I Do we say. need to give a needle warning for the no, 0. No, 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 there's no needles. 0.01% like E. <laughs> no needles in the movie. Um, I think the closest is like there's a scene with a bottle of vodka and they have like, you know, that kind of straw design on the end of it oh, nothing bad not happens with it but it's just like somebody like pouring vodka into someone's mouth with that that's just normal it's like the closest to a needle that happens in this movie that's fine also not really much of a spoiler but also um because this movie <laughs> <laughs> if pouring vodka into somebody's mouth is a spoiler fucking nothing happens in this thing. <laughs> that's actually I mean, the climax of the third act <laughs> The reason I was thinking that is because, you know, a movie dealing with rape, and then a movie, uh, I tell you guys that there's a scene where someone's, like, getting a bottle of vodka poured <laughs> in their mouth. Like, you okay there, Jiraiya? <laughs> it's just such a weird way to... <laughs> Fine. Anyways, uh, this movie is still relatively new. Like I said, this movie's maybe a year old at this point. There's not a lot of places to stream it. Uh, the only places I know of that you can stream it currently is on Vudu and Amazon Prime, and both to rent it is $6, so it's five ninety nine. Okay. Uh, other than that, it's still like twenty dollars to buy the movie. Like, it cost me twenty five dollars to buy the Blu Ray for it. Sure. Honestly, in my opinion, totally worth it. Like, I saw this movie on a plane during a time whenever, like, you know, can use planes. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had like a little streaming service thing of like, hey, you uh, rode with us, and since you're going to be on this flight for like the next two and a half hours, like, why don't you watch a movie on us? And I watched this movie, and then immediately went out and bought it. That's how I uh, watched Nomadland. And that's a weird movie to watch on a plane, I gotta say. <laughs> uh, this was also a weird movie to watch while there was two girls sitting next to me that were both asleep, so. Um, yeah. I All guess right. we should go watch this movie. Um, I will say, though, I think that this is one of those movies that, like, 20 years ago would probably still be relevant, and in another 20 years it should probably still be relevant. It's like we don't actually solve any of the problems. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, as a white-looking male, I've been fine. <laughs> As a straight white male, life is easy for me. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing's changed for me, baby. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, anyways, let's go watch this movie. All right. Talk to you guys in a little bit. Watching Promising Young Woman. Yeah. Take it away, Robbie. So what do you think, Dry? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Non-spoilery thoughts, of course. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Um... <laughs> Sorry, I apparently broke E by saying that. I'm sorry, I'm back. <laughs> um... Yeah, it was good. 
it sufficiently used the subject matter to build tension. Okay. Which is good, because, like, dark comedies sometimes will throw away a lot of the tension-building stuff for a, a cheap dark joke, which it does in this occasionally do that. But when it needs to be dark and get down to what ultimately the main plot of the story is, it does that. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't spoil the mood with a, a, a joke. It doesn't damper things down if it doesn't need to. Yeah. Uh, this movie does a very good job of actually keeping the tension while using its dark humor. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it, it is a very dark comedy. Yeah. Uh, at its heart, um, using one of the darkest pieces of material you possibly could, really. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I have a few problems with it. Okay. But yeah, I like. We'll it. get into that with spoilers. I take it. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. Just, you're just left wondering. <laughs> yep. Nobody gets to know now. <laughs> That's a good question. So, anyways, <laughs> e, what'd you think about it? Um, it's. I think it's good. I felt like there were some lulls, and I don't not like LOLs, obviously, but like L U L L S. Uh, I just feel like I have to specify that because we're on the internet. But like, <laughs> and I don't know if that's just my general apathy to any romance or sexual things. Period. I'm so when we discuss that, I'll see if other people felt the same way or not. Okay. I mean, I feel that's purposefully done with this movie, though. Yeah, maybe. Um, I obviously have a very disconnect from the theme and general tone of this movie, being myself. I guess to, because this could be anyone's first episode. I'm I don't really feel romantic or sexual feelings. He is asexual, aromantic. But yeah, so like, not my jam typically. I think this has an interesting enough dynamic, and obviously this is more like a um subversion of the typical kind of fairs you would see in these kinds of movies. Like this, this kind of feels like a subversion of a lot of like the bad. 2000s kind of like college party frat movies in some ways like the real world ramifications of if those movies actually happened which they kind of did in a lot of places but yeah that's neither yeah. here nor there i guess so uh yeah good i'm that i don't yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> and i guess to get off the um you know off the wall of testosterone that we usually are for this <laughs> podcast <laughs> the wall of testosterone that's how yeah. i would like to be referred to from now on <laughs> it's how liz talks about us whenever we talk about literally anything on this podcast so that's the that's the next podcast coming up <laughs> that's gonna be our spinoff <laughs> oh no mm-hmm. uh sam yes what did you think about this movie <laughs> so i liked it i think there's a few parts that i wasn't well i'm not sure if i like the ending as much uh, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it definitely goes into like bro culture and how it's like the fucking worst. And I think, yeah, I think it, that's a timeless thing. Until we fix it. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes, it kind yeah. of is. But it goes along with like the whole Simpsons did it. And it's because our cultural, the cultural relevance is always there because people never change kind of thing. But that's uh, one thing that. I I hope you're wrong about because you said earlier, Robbie. Like, I think in 20 years this movie will be just as relevant. I, I hope really I am hope wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> really, there's hope a chance you're I'm wrong. not. Yeah, I there's a chance that I'm not, but I kind of hope so too because it's like I, it's like what E said. Uh, a lot of the subject matter of this movie would have been you know the butt of a joke in a movie in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I think 2000s. We it's kind of the butt of the joke still. 
Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like 20 years ago, this movie still would have been relevant. And in some ways, it feels like it still might be 20 years from now because in a lot of ways, things don't change. I hope I'm wrong on that, but you never, like, it's hard to tell what's going to happen 20 years from now, too. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I think things are better than they were 10, 20 years ago, probably. I think people are women are more willing to speak up even though it's super difficult mm-hmm. especially if you are like face to face with a man that's like harassing you um cuz this happens to me a lot but like they're very pushy and if you reject them or just say no their egos are like fucking fragile and they'll retaliate and say something horrible or um yeah, just be disgusting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's while we were watching the movie, I did make that joke of like how there's a lot of internet nice guys in this, which oh, are yeah. like, you know, the kind of people like, like, hey, I just wanted to like, come and talk to you. Like, I'm a really nice guy. I think that, you know, we might have a connection yeah. together or something. And then <laughs> just, just wait about, you know, maybe 10, 15 seconds. It's like, right, then fine, bitch. You don't have to fucking talk to me then. Yeah. I hope you get AIDS by whoever, whatever fuck boy you're talking to besides me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I've definitely had been in those situations yeah. before. I've, and what these like what those guys don't realize is that women don't fucking own them fucking shit. I, I agree. <laughs> uh, it's female friends have showed me text of guys who act like that. And it's just like I feel like in high school I had to apologize for being a male a lot. And it's like it, it's problematic at its core. Well, the, the, I think. Oh, oh I think. um personally men sort of tend to get worse when they're in groups because it's like the whole bro culture yeah and um they want to look cool in front of their friends or whatever it's really stupid that's kind of the wall of testosterone yes exactly (laughs) it's fucking awful (laughs) i mean i think the movie does kind of go into that yeah it does um but yeah I like this movie. I thought it was cathartic in a lot of parts, honestly. <laughs> like, I wish I could be that um, brave or outspoken <laughs> when I'm faced with stuff like that. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked it. <laughs> and as you guys know, I also really like this movie. Like I said, heard about it on a whim. or Well, I guess not on a whim. I'm basically reading an article about uh, a bad review. I don't even know if I want to call it a bad review. Just a review that got talked about on the internet in a weird way that article became more of a talking point than the movie itself i feel like that article missed the point of what the movie was about it, entirely it very much was and yeah. became the subject matter of what that movie's about entirely That's... yeah <laughs> what's this article uh so we'll probably get in well actually no i guess i can actually name the author um, should we not gonna name the author? Handle? Uh, well, the thing is, it was a it was a variety article. So if you look up "promising young woman" variety, uh, variety review, you could still find the article. Like the first thing that's gonna pop up is Variety apologizing for what that guy wrote. Yeah, uh, really. But uh, there is a link to the actual article in that apology, so I was able to read it. Can you like um, go over like the basic outline? Yeah, I was gonna do it a little bit later, anyways. Okay. But Sorry. yeah, like it was one of the controversies i can go over another one that i feel in a weird way was actually i felt like it was more offended or offensive but we'll get into that too but yeah uh all in all like i said i watched this movie for the first time and like there were a couple of scenes that i saw that like kind of made me mad whenever it first happened but like i understand why the movie went down the path that it went down 
and in a weird way does very show much show like that bro culture or like you know the male attitude towards a lot of things and like how it is getting better but there is still that stigma around like you know whenever something bad happens to a woman and the whole like oh like innocent until proven guilty and how usually that usually tends to happen for like mostly white guys yeah Yeah. because like there are cases of you know they try to use like that whole thing of like oh you know like you hear this case about this guy who was accused of raping a woman then he went to prison or like it ruined his life and blah 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 what they don't usually say is when you look up a lot of those articles it's usually a lot of black guys but you never really see that quite as much with white guys. That's usually whenever they tend to do like the whole like, oh, you know, we got to be innocent until proven guilty. We don't want to accidentally ruin this guy's life. Yeah. You get six months fucking. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I know who you're talking about and he yeah. didn't even get six months. Was it Brock yeah, Turner? Brock mm-hmm. Turner. That is like, the, that is the first place my mind always goes to in a case like that. But he's such a promising young man. Yeah. I mean, it kind of went to that with this movie too, but... um. The character Al Monroe kind of looks like Brock Turner in this movie. <laughs> they're definitely going for that. Yeah, yeah. Even, with the, even with the title, because like the promising young woman yeah. is a playoff of I think what the judge even said that he's a promising young man with a big career ahead yeah. of him. And yeah. I would hate to ruin it. Such a bright future ahead of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it goes into a lot of cases, kind of like that, which a lot of people look at the Me Too movement, which that was part of the, like that was part of the Me Too movement. But I feel like it goes even deeper into like just the the culture of America and like how they are how they look at subject matters like this it takes a complicated subject and it makes it more palatable i wouldn't even say it's a complicated subject i would say that it's something that i agree with you has been something that's ingrained in american culture for such a long time because when you have america that was built off the back of a bunch of white dudes taking whatever they wanted they're that's brought down through the lineage of those families because yeah. that's what they've been taught ever since their fathers taught them and their fathers taught them and that's something that even if it's not mentioned is something that subconsciously is stuck in the back of people's heads like that is is that i am a strong white man and i can have what i want and i will take it yeah and without that being said i think that that's stuck in people's heads and that's something that it's like an unspoken thing that they think that they're owed because they're a white male yeah that probably comes from money yeah yeah some of it because uh we are dealing with upper class people in this movie too. We are. Yeah. A bunch of doctors and Yeah. Shit like that. Doctors and lawyers and Yeah. Mm-hmm. White suburbia type people. Yes. But kind of in a weird way of how they it's almost like they have a different rule set to poor America or poor colored America. When you're a a family with money, you don't yeah. have to follow the same rules. Yeah, you can just buy your way out of trouble, basically. Yeah. Anyways, your views on the movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I already said I I like this movie. I yeah. do like I said there are like some scenes like it's not even that like you know I find it to be inaccurate or something like that. I think it just made me mad to watch some of it too of like it deals like I said with the subject matter and deals with it in a very realistic way. And so like it's kind of I wanted it to play out differently, but it it it's not realistic. It's not true to the movie to play out in certain ways. I think that's one of the things that like kind of bothered me because I did want it to play out a certain way. Because I wanted the satisfaction of like, yes, let let this happen. Let something finally play out. Let these people be punished, and you just you don't get to you don't get to see that really. Not really. We'll get more into that because I think if anything, we should probably since we talked about the fact that I feel like we all like this movie. We all probably have some problems with it, but we all like this movie. Yeah, yeah, and I guess um, 
I don't know. I feel like the back of the box is a pretty good synopsis of what this movie actually is. I forgot what it said already, honestly. <laughs> Too bad the box is downstairs. Yeah. Uh, basically about how Cassie is a promising young woman, but uh, kind of, I guess, yeah, a nice little synopsis going into the spoilers of this movie is this movie follows the main character, Cassie, and how she used to be a promising young woman, and how she was going to med school, and how she, um, you know, was going to be this great doctor, but then just out of nowhere just kind of uprooted her life and changed everything, and, like, now she just works in a coffee shop, and she's just another person that you'd see, and goes into her secret nightlife, if you will, where she goes and she picks up all these like random men who are hitting on her at the or at the bar and how like she acts like she's too drunk to even stand up and like these guys they act like they're gonna take her home and like you know so she can go home and sleep it off or whatever and then end up taking her back to their place and try to get sexual with her until she ends up re- uh, revealing to them that she's actually sober which to the movie's credit, like the beginning scene of this movie gets very uncomfortable because you're just kind of, you know, you watch this guy pick her up from the bar and like he's going to take her home. And then he's like, you know what? I live really close to here. Do you, you want to come back to my place for a bit? And like ends up going back to his place instead. And like he starts like kissing up on her. And like you kind of have this question of like, is it really going to like show him assault her in like this drunken state until she like sits up and like tells him like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's an extremely uncomfortable uh, situation because I think another reason why it's probably so uncomfortable is because any sane person, right, sees that situation and sees like I know exactly what's going to happen here. Yeah, and that sort of sucks that you just already have that instilled in your head. Like I know exactly what will happen here. Yeah, it's kind of this. Uh, the director called it almost like this very horrific culture that we put into society that people have just become numb to because it seems so normal for something yeah. like that to happen for a girl to get drunk and then hook up with some guy at the bar and not even think twice about it because like it's one of those clever tricks that it does too where like when he's there there's two friends that are clearly awful people yep. mm-hmm. yeah and like straight up trying to be like hey what do i'm gonna fucking fuck her and the so well, the, at first they're like um oh she doesn't look like she's doing well over there man she's better be careful watch her back because someone right. might fucking someone might try and take advantage her. of her yeah. Yeah. oh she's such a slot oh she's oh she's kind of hot though she's just basically asking for it isn't she yeah yeah but it does that because like it sets that up because then the way that the a lot of stuff like this would frame it is like then the guy is actually saving her because he's gonna actually take her home Unlike his yeah. awful friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's just the setup because that's and well, life. Is- yeah. Even like that little kind of throwaway thing that they're talking about at the very beginning of it. They're talking about why there's a woman that they work with at the office and why she hasn't gotten like mm-hmm. how, how she hasn't or has how hasn't she gotten a raise at this point or like a promotion or something like that. I mean, like she should she could come to this conference with us if she wants to. It's like it's not like, you know, in the 90s, like, we could take him to a strip club or something like that. And it's like, yeah, but we're taking him golfing. It's like, yeah, why didn't she go co- golfing? Well, there's no women that are allowed at that golfing course. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, well, I guess she's just going to have to or miss out on it then. Also, like, it's it, kind of very much it, dismissive about I it. I specify so It wasn't like they were saying, like, in the 90s when you could take her to a strip club. They said they couldn't do that since the Christmas party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I guess, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> like, it was not like, oh, the long time ago, we weren't allowed to just straight up go to a strip club. No, you weren't allowed to 
after what ago. happened at the yeah <laughs> after what happened at the Christmas party. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, that that's not a here nor there because it kind of goes off with like uh the director actually talked to the guy too and like saying like try to treat this like it's almost like you're in your own romantic comedy. Like he sees himself as the protagonist of his own romantic comedy with the scene and he kind of does play it off that way too. Like, you know, it's just one of those, oh yeah, you know, I met this girl at a bar and like we just kind of hit it off, you know. And yeah. Like, her name? Uh Oh yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I got her name, but it's fine. Like, you know, we're we might be soulmates. Like And it's one of those things like wherever he like Whenever he brings her to his place, you know, and he pours her an entire cup full of liquor and gives himself, right. like, a shot. Yeah. And, like, then he tries kissing up on her. And, like, she's not even kissing him. She's just, she's like. She's not cl- moving. Yeah, she's, she's not moving. Still. She just closes her eyes whenever he's, like, trying to, like, give her this deeply romantic kiss that she's definitely not into. It's so gross, too. It, it is. It, like, uh, just. <laughs> yeah, like, the whole scene makes you feel very uncomfortable with yeah. what's going yeah, on. I want it to does. vomit yeah. for her. <laughs> <laughs> just vomit in his mouth. Yeah, yeah, just vomit in his mouth. Might stop him. <laughs> I don't know. No, no. With a lot of these kind of people, they're ugh, men are disgusting. How? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're not going to get any arguments from us, especially with this movie, or just society in general. Honestly, <laughs> the way it seems at the start is like it's almost like in a slasher f- film vibe. Yeah, yeah, like. But as I kept watching the movie, the more I was like it. Honestly, a good thing they didn't go a slasher film vibe because that kind of muddies the message. Oh, in no, my I kind of want her to. And to be fair, you kind of want to oh. see her like do bad things to these guys because it's a lot of guys who do like the like. Listen, I'm a nice guy. You should trust me because I'm a nice guy. Never like, even... trust any man man that says he's a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, like, really my... a general rule of thumb. Which is also one of the reasons why I can't really stand male feminists either because I feel like a lot of them are in it to get laid and they don't actually care about women or yeah I've seen it too much (laughs) anyway I mean I get my point with that is like I think it's easy to like distance her from a real person if it was her murdering all these people yeah. I think you're right, actually. On yeah. Because, like... Like, I want to see her just murder these people. Yeah, right, but that's because, like, we're already rooting for her anyways, yeah. and we just want to see, like, super comeuppance. But, yeah. like, someone who's, like, I guess the target audience for this movie, I don't know if this would be... Like, might see that and then see her murder and be like, oh, well, that's just how it is, huh? Like, you can't you can't pick up a girl from a bar no more. She's going to murder you. Can't pick up a extremely... Drunk yeah. woman from a bar and taking advantage of her anymore because she's gonna murder you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think that would be a very different movie. Ultimately, picking up girls at the bar just becomes like going out into the water when Jaws came out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like that's kind of the plot of. Um... I mean, to be fair, women sort of feel sort of feel like they're like in a fucking ocean full of sharks when they go out because. Yeah. I mean, there, there's literally fingernail polish that you can stick into your drink, and will, if there's anything in it, it will change colors. And you have to watch your drink, so some fucker's not going to, like, roofie you. Yeah, yeah, there's always messages and talks about, like, don't get anything with a big open lid, like, always have your hand over yeah. your drink, but there's not, like, a thing of, like, hey, maybe don't rape her. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I know, I'm like interrupting. No, that. no, no, keep on. <laughs> this is this is on. I honestly honest, asked for you yeah. to be on this no, episode this, because I wanted to get the female perspective of this. This shit is stuff that women are taught 
since they're like fucking children, basically. Right. Watch out for men. Like, you know, um, don't show any skin. Don't act like you're, you know, you're putting yourself out there or whatever. It, what and does that it, even it, mean? It, the blame always goes on the women because like, men will be men and they apparently just can't control themselves. And that's just like been the base for as long as I've been alive, you know, probably since forever, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I remember like in school, like they were telling women, like, you can't wear like spaghetti strap uh, shirts or something like that because it shows too much skin or you can't wear short skirts or blah, 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 because men are going to look at that and think yeah. things and stuff like that. But there wasn't a whole lot of like, hey, just don't rape women. Yeah. It, it's it, not it, that hard. Women are taught to be careful and to always watch their surroundings, but men are not taught to just not be shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's basically telling a bunch of women to go wear out a bulletproof vest because men are just going to start shooting. Yeah, basically. Which obviously you should, you should be careful out there because there's shitty people out there, but like, yeah. Shitty people yeah. should learn to quit being fucking shitty people. Yeah. yeah. But that's never going to happen, so no. definitely. Then you'd make them uncomfortable. Oh, <laughs> yeah, God oh, forbid. No. <laughs> Actually, one of my favorite um, um, scenes in this movie is after the first dude or whatever, uh-huh. and she's walking home with, like, a hot dog, <laughs> and the ketchup <laughs> is just, like, running down her arm. Right. Cool. Yeah. And then there's, like, these construction workers across the street, and they start, like, catcalling her. And then she just like stands there and stares, and then they keep getting more and more uncomfortable, yeah. and they're like, "Crazy bitch!" Yeah, she... which is not an unrealistic thing. Right, <laughs> like, and she's just no, standing right. there; she's not doing anything. Exactly. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing of like if somebody tells like a really off-putting joke, uh, if you want them to make them feel uncomfortable about what they just said, if it was like very much like a, a not cool thing to say, like if it was a racist or a sexist joke. Just, like, stare at them and be like, I don't get it. Can you explain it to me? And then, like, when they try to explain it, and then you just keep on saying, like, no, I still don't get it. Can can you just try explaining it a little bit better than that? And, like, eventually, like, you know, they realize how stupid they are saying something, like, along the lines of, like, get it? Because she's wearing a short skirt, so she was asking for it. Or, you know, like, don't be that guy, man. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) In my experience, that never worked. Like, most of the people that did stuff like made jokes like that were just so fucking ground set in that they were like oh you just you just don't get comedy it's like because like <laughs> it was always a dumb one in high school as you remember and he was like don't you get it? i was like i get it it's just not funny and he was like ah, whatever yeah yeah. Just, yeah the problem is that most men just aren't like fucking taken down a notch by their friends they're usually just like it usually um, it should take somebody saying like, "Dude, this isn't cool. Knock it off." Yeah, but usually they just like feed off of each other and stuff like that. Yeah, I know I'm talking very badly about men. No, <laughs> no it's fine. it's fine. That's kind of like I said. Sort of I, I've seen. Yeah, I was gonna say I've seen oh a lot God. of this in my day too, and it's like it's caused me to like basically just have to apologize for being a man in a lot of situations. <laughs> but like, I guess a good example of something like that too is like I remember whenever. I think it was like fresh out of college or something. Me and Rocky used to go walking around town in the middle of the night because, you know, the t- or the town we grew up in, like at by 9 p.m., like everybody was indoors and like it, the town was just empty. And so you can just go walking around and like not have to worry about anything. Like 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, we're walking around town, just like minding your own business. And a car came up to us and like just started like, hey, you guys OK? It's pretty late. It's like, yeah, we're just, you know, talking. We're 
just you know, walking around town. It's fine. And like this drunk woman that was in there was like, hey, you want to ride home? And we said no. And then like we had to convince her that we were fine, like that we didn't need a ride back anywhere and like that. We we're just walking and having a talk with each other. And then like they finally left and then like circled around the block and came back around. And to make a long story short, like it it got bad enough that like the drunk woman actually got out of the car and grabbed me by the arm and was like, come on, get in the car, get in the car and give me your ride home. Get in the so car. So creepy. Yeah. Like it was <laughs> it was in a bad situation. I remember telling my mom about it the next day, and her response was, hey, you could have gotten laid. And I was just like, no. Really? Like, what got her to change her mind about that, I was just like, would you really be having that same conversation if it was Jessica that was telling you the story? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because, like, that was, yeah, that was something I felt super uncomfortable about, but, like, the culture about it was, you know, I'm a, like, I guess the thing about it is because I'm six foot two and 240 pound machinist. Like, I'm not exactly, you know, I'm kind of intimidating, as I've been told before. And so, like, the fact that a five foot two drunk woman was grabbing me by the arm and trying to get me in a car isn't really all that intimidating. But if it was the the roles were reversed, it would be a yeah. way worse thing too. And like I said, that kind of goes with like the culture of this movie of like basically men suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody looks at me. Yep. I just stare right? <laughs> everywhere. Don't don't don't. Ever but no, I I, I get I your place of like where you're coming from with this because I feel like the fact that I have one or two stories like that, you have way more and have dealt have with a so lot many, worse. I have so many stories. Yeah. Ugh. Don't even know if I should go into it. But yeah. I have a lot of stories. But yeah. Um anyways, back to the movie. Yeah. Is so, <laughs> that a comfortable subject matter? Um you do that and then Well like it's one of those things that does kind of subvert your expectations because I remember watching this movie first time and thinking like, did did she murder that guy? Right, because like yeah. well, because like the, the ketchup, ketchup and everything, ketchup. and then like uh, she has a little notebook, and she has like all these little, like she has it numbered down. She has like a page and a half of numbers of like guys that she's done this to, and the names of each one More of the guys. Than a and page she, and a half, I think. well, no, just like the check <laughs> marks is about a page and a half, yeah. and then the, she has names of those guys too, and writes down the name Jerry in her notebook of like Jerry yeah. was the, the last guy that I did this to, where she kind of puts herself in these dangerous situations, wherever you know she acts like she's too drunk to walk, and some guy brings her home thinking that he's gonna get lucky. Then. She calls him out, and then they're like, what the fuck, you crazy bitch? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think it's one thing, because, like, the second time she does it, she does it to, as, uh, I keep on forgetting the guy's name. McLovin? I yeah. Paul, I don't Everyone know. just calls him McLovin. They played <laughs> McLovin in Superbad. <laughs> yeah. But, like, that's, what, he's done more movies than that, but that's what everybody keeps knowing, or keeps naming him, at least. Unfortunate. That's the yeah. only thing I know him from, I think. Yeah. He's in a bunch of comedies, but. That's even, his big breakout role. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even realize they were the same person, honestly. Yeah, yeah. that's not a surprise for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, uh, another night, wherever, like, you know, he picks her up and everything, and he's doing coke and talking about how he's writing, like, this gritty love story about what it's like to be a man in America. And, like, I know. Oh, my God. Such a fuck. Yeah, and, like, yeah. while he, he's all saying this while he's doing cocaine, like, asks her if she wants a bump, and she's like, no, it's like, I got work in the morning. He's like, so? I got work in the morning, too, which is kind of like a kind of a party attitude that I've seen before of just like, like, no, I got to wake up early in the morning. Come on, man. I got work in the morning. You don't see me caring while like taking shots of vodka at two in the morning. It's like, you fucking do you, man. I yeah. don't want to. <laughs> like, then he tries to force her to. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's also cocaine. another party thing. Like I've actually had somebody with like, uh, cause like people were smoking weed at some of the parties I went to. And I actually had someone put a pipe up to my lips and like was trying to put the pipe in my mouth. It's like, come on, just, just take a drag, man. Just take one hit, man. It should be fine. It's fine. I think so like it doesn't surprise me that you know he's playing someone where he's like literally sticking a straw up her nose like come on just like have a little bit of a snort of it and whenever she 
uh, ends up exhaling instead of inhaling and blowing the cocaine everywhere. <laughs> he just like takes a bit of it and like starts rubbing it in her gums yes. for her. Yeah. And then licks his finger afterwards because he's gross. Yep. But anyways, whenever like, you know, he tries getting into her pants and everything and she tells him, it's like, I need to go home. Neil, no, I need to go home. And then grabs him by the face and says, Neil, I said I need to go home. <laughs> and that and like he starts like freaking out about it. And he he does the whole like, come on, like, I- I'm a nice guy. I thought we had a connection. <laughs> and thing, and oh then, yeah, what uh, what's my name? Yeah, what do I do for a living? How long have I lived in this city? Right, but the opposite <laughs> order. The opposite order. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it does that, and she's like, "All right, fine. You want me to say I'm an asshole? Fine, I'm a fucking asshole." Which you know, whenever a guy is in trouble, like I've heard people do before, where they're in a in a, tr- a situation where they know they're in the wrong, that they try to just like subvert it, like, "Okay, fine, I'm the asshole." Like, is that what you wanted me to say? Fine, I'm too an much asshole. Ego, like, too move much on. pride. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or like the people were like yeah i'm an asshole what of it it's like why would you ever want to be that <laughs> <laughs> yeah no one waste people like that yeah it kind of goes along with like people that are kind of brag about how they're brutally honest but they never have anything nice to say to anybody <laughs> i'm just honest i'm just brutally honest and people can't handle it yeah <laughs> no yeah. you're kind of just a dick yeah <laughs> oh like i was like I'm also very blunt, but I think it's a very bad thing. I'm, like, constantly trying to not be so blunt and say what is the first thing in my mind. I do the same thing, too, but that's why I just act like an NPC at work. (laughs) But still, people are still fucking assholes. (laughs) I feel like if they're being more of an asshole, you just act more like an NPC. Or if they start being creepy towards you or something. I try to. I try. (laughs) I, uh, I did the NPC thing when I was a cashier for a while. And um, it's soul sucking. Yeah, it's it's literally the thing. I would say the same yeah. thing, and then I caught myself just saying the same thing, no matter what they said. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then my manager came to me like, "Hey, um, you gotta like have actual conversations <laughs> with the customers. You can't just say the same things yes. over and over. You can't. We don't. We don't work on a script here. So I was like, "Oh, right. Yeah. Will that be yeah. cash or card? <laughs> just be like, have, um, have a good day. Have a good day." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your receipt. <laughs> yeah, it's lovely uh, day, isn't it? <laughs> it's just hailing outside. <laughs> I've literally done that. So. <laughs> like, Did yeah, you try really talking nice. to the quest giver? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah. Do the same shit for like hours a day. It's uh, like that. It it's easy to get caught up in the NPC sort mm-hmm. of. Thing. It, it no, just, I get that. Yeah, it's, it's just funny. Not being boring. <laughs> it's just like funny. You're like just getting in a weird, like nonsense <laughs> conversation, and then just ending it perfectly fine. Yeah. yeah. And then everyone walks away like that didn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, that's that's when you really wake up when you're like, what did we just talk about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this isn't the working at retail stores podcast. <laughs> Isn't it though? (laughs) (laughs) Not formally. Um, What were we talking about? (laughs) We were on the second guy. We were talking about uh, Neil and how, like, showing how she did this to him, too. And, like, you also kind of get, like, this uneasy feeling, like, is she going to kill this guy afterwards? And, like, I feel like you guys were rooting for her to kill this guy because at this point in the movie, it, it felt like it. Yeah, like, it does, it kind of, like, this movie subverts your expectations a lot. Like, and sometimes it, in a good way. I wanted to. I wanted it to go like all hard candy or whatever that fucking movie is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that. Like, I, I wanted more because, like, 
I get I get what like the character is going for in the movie. Like, hey, like have them have this rude awakening and they'll think twice about it. But like, if they've there's... done this, they already are going to not think about it. Yeah, the next they time. don't really have. There's it doesn't show any consequences really, right. other than them being sort of embarrassed in front of this one person. Even later, when she runs into a guy that we saw from the, when she does it to a guy from, that we saw in the beginning of the movie, he's like, "You're that crazy bitch that my friend was talking about." Yeah, mm. like he, that. Him being told this story had no consequences on what he was doing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the most he did is he ran away crying, saying, "Why do you gotta ruin everything?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which you know, while holding on to his internet guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, very much so. He's wearing the leather jacket with the fedora. Yeah, and... exactly, Mister Internet Nice Guy. Yeah, like I think it's kind of important for the movie that it isn't just a murder, right? Yeah, because like, you're right. Is... But I just I wanted it. I mean, I it sounds like there is that movie hard. There's a bunch of those movies. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. Kind of a lot. Of like them. Hard Candy is one of them. Uh, that is literally a 14 year old girl torturing a uh, pedophile. Yep. for most of the movie. Last House on the Left. Yeah. Which that, like, the whole thing of that movie is, like, if uh, someone did something bad to a person that you loved and you had a chance to get revenge, would you? I spit on your grave. Yeah. Which is... Which is your, what I wanted woman. this movie to be. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely not Last or not last House on the Left or I Spit on Your Grave. No. But, no. I don't know. Like, this is... it's This one's more down to earth in a weird way. It's more real. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, it sounds like there's a lot of those kinds of movies, but I don't know a lot of this kind of movie. Yeah, that's true. I think this... This is, I don't want to say it's the first of its kind, but there isn't, there's a lot of movies that deal with the subject matter, but this one, like I said, does it in a more grounded, realistic way. Yeah, like, I would say one that's taken it on so head on and so in the public eye, I would say this is probably one that doesn't involve murder and like isn't in the horror subgenre. I would say this is probably the one that's gotten the most uh, public attention. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, um... One thing about those scenes, too, that the director was saying is uh, with these scenes, uh, it can be hard to watch at first. And it's something that people try to act as culturally normal, but at, the, are, at its very best, it's all just very manipulative. At best, at worst, it's horrific with it. But it is just kind of a cultural norm of, you know, drunk girl getting picked up by some douchebag at a club. And, oh, well, I don't want to think about that night. So let's move on to the next. And thinking, like, this guy is just. Going to bars and picking up women left and right anyways. Yeah, I think that the ultimate story of what this movie tells happens with the long-term story of when she meets Bo Burnham's character. Yeah, because yeah. working yeah. at a coffee shop uh, with her boss, Gail. Her, her boss, Gail, is almost like a weird opposite of her in some ways. Like, I don't want to say like an equal opposite because it's more of like, you know, Cassie is more of a cynical person and Gail's not. Right. Gail's more laid back and just like kind of go with the flow kind of person. I wouldn't even say Gail's laid back. I would say that she's dealt with a ton of trauma in her life to the point to where she doesn't have a drive to do the things that she wanted to because the things that she wanted to do pushed her away. It actively said they don't want her basically in the career that she was trying to go for because while she was in school. That's not Gail. Well, yeah, Gail, Gail's her. God, God damn, I got okay. them. Names. Okay, yeah, Gail's like, her. Bo- Gail's her I boss. Like, I was like, wow. damn, you read a lot into the. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking the same owner. thing until I was just like, oh wait, you're talking yeah. about Cassie. <laughs> but yeah, God sorry, damn, I mixed just edit up. Cassie in badly. Use my vo- vo- use my voice line of Cassie. <laughs> but no, like, I don't think it's so much that they didn't want her there. I think it's uh, more or less like she saw 
the cult or the cultural norms of what was happening in the school of what are uh, and everything and she didn't want to be a part of it anymore but that's the thing like that's kind of the message it sends whenever you see those kind of co- cultural norms is like mm-hmm. if the cultural norm is that this is how it's going to treat women if this is how the people who may very well end up being people that she has to work with from day to day if this is how they're going to treat her um well, how, how much does that mean they actually respect or care about her well the thing is that they turned a blind eye to the through the whole thing yeah. Um, I guess we're probably in spoiler territory. Well, yeah, we're definitely yeah, in spoiler territory now. now. But basically, her um, friend in medical school, she was uh, assaulted, raped, while a bunch of people stood by and just watched. And it was also told to the dean, I think it was. Yeah, it was yeah. the dean. And um, there's also a video that was circulating around of the event. So. Even though Cassie and Nina, you know, tried to get it out there, people were just like, uh, she was drunk and now she's like basically going back on it. Like she wanted it or, you know, it's her fault basically that she was put in that situation anyway since, you know. The old yeah. tale of if she didn't want it, she should have been drinking. If she didn't want it, why'd she wear those clothes? It's yeah. The, it's yeah. the same old thing you hear <laughs> over and over. Yeah. Slut shaming, I guess. Basically, it, it is very much slut shaming of like, oh well, she shouldn't have gone to that party. She shouldn't have been drinking. Like, well, like, he shouldn't have raped her. Come on, he was a kid. Yeah, and then another friend was like, well, if you're known for sleeping around with a bunch of men, like that's what you should should expect. It's like, <laughs> which going as far as to say it was basically crying wolf. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like there actually is a real life uh, connection to something like that too. Uh, the Kobe Bryant case. And the woman who accused him of raping her, uh, they basically pulled up a bunch of, since this was back in the MySpace days, pulled up a bunch of MySpace photos of her when she was drinking with friends and basically slut-shamed her to pretty much the entire world to tell her that she was in the wrong and like, oh, she wasn't actually raped. Like, look at her. She's like, she she's definitely goes out and sleeps with a bunch of guys. And why wouldn't she want to sleep with Kobe Bryant? He's a successful, uh, he's a su- successful basketball player and a good-looking one at that, blah, 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 blah. And he went forward saying that like he cheat like he didn't rape her, but he did cheat on his wife, and that he was sorry, and blah blah blah. And basically, the world forgave him. And yeah. um, even within his death, uh, the victim tried coming out and saying like, "Hey, can we talk about my case now with this? And like, can we take it seriously now that he's are, uh, you know, are now that he's not going to face any punishment since he's already dead?" And everybody basically told her that now is not the time because they're mourning a dead man. And I think so. She's still even to this day being ignored. For something that was done to her years ago. That's even worse now because oh, yeah. now that he's dead, people. Oh yeah, know, and they're still defending him. Yeah, they don't want to think about any of the bad stuff that he could have potentially done, and it's more like a hero worship martyr. I guess I don't really know Idolize how to. Him. Yeah. yeah, idolization. <laughs> yeah, it was the same thing with her because like she had a couple photos of her drinking on her MySpace, like that was used against her, and even with the lawyer that she talks to at one point in time, that like he's. Seems to be the only person who's regretful over this entire situation. He's the only one who even remembers Nina's name. And like the fucked up thing about it with like the girl that you're talking about, it's like, well, you shouldn't get drunk and everything. Like she didn't even say her name. Like no one actually even says Nina's name except for the lawyer. Yeah. It's like no one remembers and no one cared. Mm-hmm. Except for Cassie. And with Cassie, the reason why is because, you know, it was her childhood friend that she basically watched uh have to go through this hard time and like nobody believed her except for her. 
it they they grew up together hand in hand went to school together knew each other their families were basically families with how close they were they went to med school together they were going to have basically step-by-step life together they were going to go through the same things together and when something like that happens to somebody so close i think it it would be natural to to feel like this awful thing happened to this person that i was this close to i can't believe that happened i can't believe nobody will believe them that could be me yeah and nobody could be believing me just as much as they're not believing this person and i feel like that's a lot of what that character is going through in the movie is like this is essentially her sister really yeah mm-hmm. i mean with the first time i watched this movie like i thought maybe it actually was her sister because i misheard something that her dad says later on because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. his dad said like she nina was basically like a daughter to us is what he says but like Whenever I heard that, I was like, oh, like, that was more than just her friend. That was her sister. But, like, that's technically still not a wrong statement. Yeah. It it was the closest person in her life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the most horrible thing happened to her. Yeah. And she tried to take care of her even after it happened. And Nina wasn't able to deal with it. And, and like, it doesn't, like, show it or anything. But you end up finding out later on in the movie that Nina eventually committed suicide because of it. And... Cassie never got over the grief of it. Like, this is something that haunts her even to this day, and that's why she does things that she does in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it it says all of that, for the most part, in the background, without actively saying it, without just using exposition of somebody sitting down and be like, listen, so this is why Nina killed herself. What do you yeah. think about that? Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. go out and just say, like, this exactly happened. It lets you, for the most part, piece all of it together yourself. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I think it does a very good job of letting you piece it together too. Like it does tell you a little bit of what you need to know, but it basically mm-hmm. gives you the bare minimum and it lets you place all the pieces that uh all the missing pieces you can place there yourself. Yeah. Um but yeah, like the only way that she can really see herself getting back at the people that are uh, that did this to her is by basically going out to these clubs and finding internet nice guys to basically prey upon in a weird way. Like in a weird way she's I don't want to call her like a female predator in a weird way, but like she is out hunting them basically. I wouldn't say hunting, but she's letting people play out their Which, own selves. Yeah. yeah. She's not trapping them. She's just putting she's just putting herself in a situation to where somebody would want to take advantage of her and yeah. showing them why they shouldn't. Yeah. Whether way, or not it pays off in their uh, personal lives, I don't know. But so I got to hope for, but with some <sighs> Some guys are fucking dense. I'll just leave it at that. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> the way it, I was looking for the way that the um, the director put it, she the, the way that the director put it is she's basically a Venus flytrap uh, disguised as a honeypot. Yeah, yeah, good way to put yeah, it. That's a good way yeah. to put it. <laughs> but I was thinking about the female predator thing because of the what happens with the dean up. But I was gonna get to that eventually because you know she meets Ryan. Uh, she ends up kind of liking him yeah. because he you know he's tall, he's handsome, he's a doctor, he's you know, wears glasses, as blue as innocent. a diamond. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I don't know. Just like in those coffee scenes, they're just like absurdly blue. And I don't know if it's just a lighting thing or maybe so, it's like supposed to make me subconsciously think he's of an attractive man. I don't know. But so there's a lot of things that this movie does on purpose. Like yeah, uh, one I think, thing. Oh, go on. I think even the visual language of it, he brought this up during the movie even. And I think it's actually genius of how how this is shot with all the Ryan scenes. It looks like a shitty Hallmark movie. Yeah. And I mean that in the best way possible. Yeah. yeah. And so that's actually the thing is uh, that coffee shop is actually a set 
Yeah. Because they could not find a coffee shop that looked feminine and hallmarky enough to actually like for their needs. So they actually went onto a set and built it for themselves. Like we can't find one that's enough of what we need. We'll fucking build our own. Yeah. And like it, it looks like such a shitty Hallmark movie and they acted out like such a shitty Hallmark movie Yeah, with yeah. a little darker humor, but basically the same acting style. And they play that relationship out exactly like a Hallmark movie would. And I think that is such a smart move to do with that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like it's the movie does it all the time. It's it lowers your guard. Yeah. A lot yeah. Because you're like, there we go. Because like in the typical movie, Not me. like I fucking knew. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> trust no man. Yeah. Trust no man. Because <laughs> you're smarter than us. Um, but like I'm, because uh, like what it's doing is like a typical movie quote-unquote, would be like, oh, she had all that tragic stuff in her past, but now there's a man to save her, yeah. and now yeah. she can live perfectly <laughs> yeah. as yeah. a wife <laughs> in her 30s. Yeah. I mean, she even does say that, like, right before that scene, too, like, um, because Gail, her boss, basically tells her, like, hey, like, you want to, like, work manager for the shop, basically? Like, you know, you could make a lot more money and everything, and she basically tells her, like, listen, like, I wanted a job that my mom could brag about if I want a husband and kids and blah, 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 and all this other crap. I, I would have done it already. I could take me like 10 minutes to do it, but I don't want any of it. Yeah. And it's something about that scene, too, um, that I straight up did not notice this until they started talking about it in the commentary is like uh, the shirt she's wearing during that scene is all bright and colorful. And if you really look at it, it's a little kid that's hugging a deer underneath a rainbow that they, they especially made that short <laughs> shirt for her during the scene. <laughs> But if you actually take even a closer look at the shirt, the deer is licking a wound and the kid has a rifle to it, or strapped to its back. <laughs> really? What yeah. the hell? That's I, like a totally, you have to be paying a lot yeah, of attention. Yeah, I had no idea <laughs> until I heard that in the commentary. And like I looked at the shirt and went like, oh shit. Like, but yeah, they made that shirt for I this movie. I want that shirt. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, they, they made her that shirt for this movie. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Crazy. Yeah, but like uh, the whole idea of that shirt was like meant to be like a subtle nod of like how everything's bright and colorful there, but it's everything's not quite as it seems. Yeah. 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 And there are a lot of subtle nods in this movie like that. And like they there's a lot of shots like that they put in there on purpose. But yeah, like there's that. And then like one thing that I once again another thing I didn't notice until E pointed it out during the movie is like whenever she's online and like kind of internet stalking these people that are <laughs> were part of the group that um led to Nina's demise basically. She finds them on finder.space.com. Friender. Or friender.space.com. Friender.space. Friender.space. It's because, like, I always notice immediate. I think because I've watched so many cartoons growing up, and that's a super common thing in cartoons, too. Like, I always hone in on, like, what the stupid fucking copyright-free version of everything is. (laughs) It it just always brings a smile to my face. It's always the dumbest thing. And you can always tell what the popular websites were. (laughs) <laughs> when he came out mm-hmm. right <laughs> but yeah uh also with that scene like the first one ever like you know bo burn uh, bo burnham's character ryan meets cassie for the first time and like he's like hey what are you doing working here i i, I don't mean quite like that like you mean like what i'm doing working in a shitty coffee shop yes no no not like i'm so sorry like can we start over again you want milk in your coffee no, but you can spit in it if you want. And she spits in the cup of coffee and hands it to him. Oh, no. Are you going to tell me you actually drank it or something? He did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the director, like, she didn't say exactly how many times it happened, but she says Bo Burnham was a real trooper because he probably drank about a gallon of her spit. Oh, my Jesus God. Jesus Christ. No. <laughs> and, like, the look on his face looks like he's into it, too, which makes the whole thing worse. Uh, on top of that, 
But I put right underneath it, which I was going to go into it, is like before she goes and meets Neil that night and everything, and she's like watching that YouTube tutorial on how to get perfect blowjob lips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the girl in the video for that is actually the director and writer of this movie. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. That was her cameo fun for cameo. this movie. Yeah. So that's and a little You don't even fact. have to be a good actress to have a cameo like that, because that's exactly how all the like tutorials yeah, are. Yeah. To be, be fair, like Emerald, uh, for now, uh, it's not for now, but for now, I guess. Unless I misspelled it on my notes, but who knows? Maybe you did. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, she actually has done some acting in like some TV shows. Uh, she has also done some writing in some TV shows. This was her directorial debut, though. I apologize for insinuating that she's not an actress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she decided she wanted a little cameo, and that was her cameo. I also, I did actually uh, mispronounce her name. It is uh, Emerald Fennell. Fennell. Yeah. F E N N E L L. All right. But, um, if you want to look it up. Yeah. So, this part of the movie, it's like half hallmark rom-com and half her still doing her thing yeah like uh Mm -hmm. the director actually says she purposely made it almost like there's six different stories being told like one of it is you know her romantic comedy with ryan another one of it is like you know her being this honeypot for these creeps at the bar another one is uh the revenge story that she has against him and then like revenge story she has against everybody else and um yeah and she also is meeting up with uh a quote-unquote friend from college yeah and like uh it's because whenever she starts dating ryan she starts talking about how al is coming back and like the movie like yeah, takes this dramatic married. turn and like in a weird way this is where the meat of the movie starts I, it's a really cool scene like just how it is straight up it's like when you make a wrong choice in a video game how it just is like <laughs> yeah it does have that music and like <laughs> the original music that they made for this movie does have a good sense of like making you feel at unease during some of those scenes too just with like the musical cues that they have of mm-hmm. it yeah, because uh, it's um, it's just like Ryan just offhandedly is like, "Oh, did you know Al's getting married?" and like immediately sets her off, and she's like, "Oh, you still hang out with him?" And he's like, "Well, you know, he's he's in the group," and yeah. uh, it's like, "Oh, it's uh, it's one of those." Yeah, because he straight up says like, "Oh, he's just kind of in the group, and I can't really get away from those guys. Like they just tend to follow me everywhere I go. It feels like." So it's just kind of like, you know, he's trying to do his own thing, but he has that group of friends from college. I was like, hey, you should come and party with us, man. Like, that's kind of where the meat of the movie starts, wherever, like, she meets up with an old friend that she finds on Friender again. <laughs> and uh, meets for lunch. Yeah, meets for lunch and, like, basically gets her super drunk to try to get her to admit what was going on and everything. And that's when her friend says, like, the whole, like, you know, if you don't want our uh, people to start rumors about you, then you don't get super drunk at a party and have sex with a bunch of guys. And I think it's an interesting, because, like, it seems like a, she's, like, remembering it in the reverse, because it seems more likely that uh, Nina was drunk. Like, she probably got drunk because college, but, like, it seems more likely Nina was drunk and that terrible things happened, and then all the people started saying she was a slut in that. Yeah. Whereas yep. the person from college seems to remember it was like the reverse order, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of those interesting, like how some people can just completely misremember something that fits their narrative better in order to kind of not think about how terrible some things are. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's not even so much misremembering, but just like sticking to a story so that way they don't have to deal with any of the trouble coming with it then you don't have to feel bad if it's not yeah. in your jurisdiction, basically. Anyways, like, that happens. Um, she also meets uh, She also meets up with... Wasn't the lawyer next? No, it was the dean next, which is what we were talking right. about before. And, like, 
that's actually where I got the female predator part because the director was talking about that scene and talking about how uh, she felt like if she was a female predator, how easy it would probably be to get a girl to go into her car because she's another woman. Yeah. And wrote that scene like that, basically. I Which mean, is, it's it, happened before, like in real Oh, life. yeah, it has. Because female predators do exist. Uh, mostly what ends up happening with it, once again, going with the culture that we deal with nowadays, is usually whenever you, you hear about a teacher that ends up sleeping with a student, and then they find out it's a female teacher, and like, oh, yeah, she's, she's actually kind of hot. Yeah. Where were those teachers when I was a Yeah. Teacher? Yep. God, I heard that all yeah. the freaking time from, like, it's uncles gross. and older co-workers and shit yeah, like that. That's yeah, that's fucking gross. Yeah. Anyways, that happens, and, like, it's kind of, she says, like, it's kind of funny how, like, the girl, like, is just doing, like, is, like, super excited to get in the car with this woman because she's going to see her favorite band and even says, like, this, this is fate. And she's like, yeah, you could call it that. And then, like, you see the door lock and it kind of changes mood. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, once again, yeah. kind of goes into you don't know what she's going to do kind of situation. Because right. even in the next scene right after where she's actually talking to the dean and, like, asking the dean if she, the, she even remembers Nina, which the dean doesn't. Yeah. And just being, like. Oh yeah, like you dropped, you chose to drop the charges. Basically, you didn't take it seriously, and the dean was like, "Well, you know, when it's in those situations, it's a he said, she said kind of." And so, uh, Cassie was like, "I suppose that's fair." By the way, I took your daughter to one of those or to rooms. The, yeah, I took your daughter to the same room that Nina was in with those boys that night, and those boys they uh seem pretty excited to see your daughter there. She looks a lot older than she actually is. <laughs> Notice they had a lot of vodka. Yeah, I noticed they had yeah. a bottle of vodka there. She seemed real excited about that. And it's just like the situation, because like the dean's so composed in her terrible like PR speak mm-hmm. until like the idea that her daughter's in the same situation. And it's like one of those things where people aren't stupid. They know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Behind closed doors a lot of time. Yeah. They just yeah. don't want to deal with it. So they're just trying to sweep it underneath yeah. the rug. Well, you don't want to ruin a promising young man's future. Yeah. She which, even says something to that extent in the in the scene. Yeah. Which, once again, like you guys said earlier, it's a lot with like the Brock Turner situation, too, of like, you know, the judge saying he doesn't want to ruin a promising young man's future. And his dad, like, probably one of the grossest things that I could think of that was said during that court case was his dad saying that you shouldn't ruin my son's future. Or, or no. It was, my son shouldn't get 20 years in prison over 20 minutes of action. Yeah. Which was a super disgusting thing to say during that. Like, yeah. That was... <sighs> did that whole case... Completely frustrates me thinking about it to this day, and that happened yeah. back in 2015. Yeah. But, uh, yes. yeah. So, yeah, there was that with the dean, which uh, ended up with Cassie actually not of doing that at all, just wanting the dean's kind of admitting yeah. that like, she knows what's happening. But, again, like, as to... Maybe per- put her in in the same shoes, yeah. sort of. Yeah. Like, but, this is how I feel. <laughs> this is, like, how it like felt. how Yeah, how would it feel, Um, kind of the, how would it feel like, if it was someone that you loved? Yeah, like, would you react the same if it was somebody that you loved and cared about? Your own daughter, even. Yeah. But, like, I, it's a, interesting being the viewer of the movie, especially your first time, like, you don't know if Cassie did that or not. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. like. You don't really know how far she'll go. Yeah. If it's just a strict, like her getting specific revenge for this or she doesn't want anyone to go through this like you don't know right because the other thing we forgot to mention about the first person she talked to her old college 
quote unquote buddy uh-huh. was that we see her go over to a person afterwards and be like, "Here's the key. Here's the room. Uh, take her up to that room." Yeah, and the guys, you guys like, have room twenty five. Are you are you sure you want me to do this? You have the money. You know what to do. Yeah, and yeah. you mm-hmm. you don't know if she really did anything if she made something happen there. Yeah, which I guess a little fun fact about like a lot of the weird symbolism that I've missed the first time watching this movie is uh, in that scene, all of the lampshades that they have there are black, except for the one that's right above Cassie's head, which is red, which is meant to be like a halo of her being an avenging angel for Nina during that scene. <laughs> huh. A lot Fair of enough. weird. There's a lot of weird symbolism in this movie. Like a lot of things that they do in this movie, they do very, very purposefully. Like a Silent Hill 2 <laughs> game. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, Everything is symbolic. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, but yeah, that was hap- really strange and poignant when pyramid head came in (laughs) (laughs) but yeah and then after that she talks to uh the lawyer who took the case for al monroe and once again he's the only one who actually seems like he has any sort of reaction to any of it like right he's the only one who knows nina yeah he doesn't know her last name but he remembers nina was her name right I, i can't remember her last name but it was nina right yeah her name was nina like even that like just coming up to his front door, like he asks, like, "Can I help you?" Is like, "There's something that you need here." She's like, "Think of this as your day of reckoning." He just kind of sighs and just like, "Yeah, yeah, I figured this day was coming." Thing which kind of shows how shitty of a person this guy was, or maybe even still is. Yeah. To where like he just knows that someone eventually is going to come for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's actually something in the scene that I like a lot because she, you know, that she's been rehearsing this spiel to say to him for mm-hmm. who knows how long, years and yeah. years probably. And she's in the middle of it. She's like, you probably don't know her name. Nina? Oh. And then, like, yeah. realizing, like, because she, she didn't expect anybody to ever come forward and say what they've done or say what part right. they had yeah. in this mm-hmm. whole thing. But that's where you kind of get the first thing of, like, she's not looking to so much hurt these people as much as she's just looking for reconciliation. She wants them to admit what they did was wrong and to mm-hmm. be actually yeah. sorry for what they did. And mm-hmm. that's the thing that, like, that's what he is, is he straight up tells her, I'm sorry. Like, I know what I did was wrong. And, like, I live this life and like it's eating me away and I can't deal with it anymore. And like it kind of shows it in the scene where like, you know, his coffee table is completely full of crap and there's a pillow sitting on the couch that he's sitting on showing that like plants he's just, are dead. Yeah, yeah, that he's sleeping in his living room and he's not taking care of his plants because his plants are dead. Yeah. And everything and like showing that like this is eating him up because he's lived an entire life of, you know, defending these promising young men from right. these women who are trying to ruin his or their reputations and everything. And mm-hmm. even and then- goes into like the whole of like yeah, like all like the internet makes it so much easier these days. Like I remember back before the internet, we had to dig through a woman's trash to find try to find dirt on them, and now it just takes one picture of her being drunk with friends. Right. And there was a line I really liked that in this. I I don't quite remember how it went, but it was basically like he woke up one day, basically, and oh, it, he, uh, oh yeah, he's like he I woke had up a- one day. And I just, I couldn't take it anymore. They said I had a psychotic break. Yeah. yeah he, said, he said I had an epiphany. My therapist called it a psychotic breakdown, but. And that's why he was put on um sabbatical. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's a, it's a great joke, but at the same time, it's so like heartbreaking. No, yeah. Because that's, knowing that's kind of what happens a lot. Like, yeah. yeah. And th- that's what it is, is this guy lived an entire life of being just defending these bad people. And it's all coming back to haunt him now mm-hmm. like all the bad things that he did but to be fair everyone is just trying to sweep this under the rug and act like it didn't happen he's the only one who's actually truly sorrowful for what he did which is why whenever he says that he he'll never forgive himself and she he, she says that she forgives him and 
he just has that moment where he breaks down and cries and says, I'm so sorry for what I did. Mm-hmm. And then you see a guy that's waiting outside of his house saying, like, is it time now? She's like, no, I don't need you anymore. It's like, still getting paid, though, right? <laughs> I'll still pay you. Just don't. Yeah. That kind of thing. And the director even said for that scene, she's like, I could tell you what I did plan for him if he did if he wasn't sorrowful, but I think it's probably better if I don't. Kind of, It's kind of like that whole, you don't know what that guy was going to do to him kind right. of thing. And so, like, it kind of lets your imagination run wild on what was going to happen with that. But, you know... That's basically all that she wanted. She wanted these people to admit that, you know, what we did was wrong and we shouldn't have defended him. It was the wrong thing. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And so far, he's the only one who actually even admits to any wrongdoing whatsoever. She visits Nina's mom, who basically says, it's been so long. You need yeah. to move on. Finally, uh, goes to like super rom-com stuff with Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even have a slow-mo dance singing scene in a yeah. pharmacy. Yeah. Well, the people in the pharmacy yeah. are just pissed off at their... It's a hilarious Ex- scene. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're just exploding bags of chips to make their own confetti, and the people are just sitting there like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um, kind of a great... But yeah, it kind of, like... once again, subverts your expectation of thinking, like, maybe everything's going to be okay. Maybe this man will save this troubled yeah. woman. <laughs> but um, that all comes crumbling down when she finally sees that college person again who's been trying to contact her because she's freaking out knowing she woke up blacked out in, in a room. room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just like, I need to know what happened. And then Cassie's like, nothing. Uh, I just had that guy take you to your room and put you to sleep. And yeah. she's like, oh, Madison okay. was her name. Madison. Madison. Yeah. Yeah. And Madison's like, oh, God. And then she's like, we need to go inside real quick. And what happens is Madison just has a cell phone and reveals that it's a recording of the night with yeah, Nina. Like on top mm-hmm. of everybody trying to deny what happened, there's video proof of what actually did happen that night, and it, they were just passing it around to everybody at college. Like, look at this guy fucking this drunk slut, basically. And I missed, like, a bit of the setup, so you have to fill me in if it was what the setup was, but I remember Madison saying that she was laughing at it back then. Oh, right. She's yeah. like, I just thought that it was dumb gossip, but, like, dumb stupid college stuff like it was a joke we all just thought it was funny and weird we didn't take it seriously at the time um and now that she's gone through what she's gone through she takes it very seriously because this could have been her yeah um and she she gives her the the blackberry that has the video saved on it and she's like oh one more thing don't ever <laughs> fucking contact me again. it's great like that's the most genuine thing yeah like yeah i would feel like you traumatized me please never talk to me yeah yeah don't and, talk to uh, me or my twins ever again <laughs> and it's it's that something happens here that i think again e made a really good point on this is a far far more powerful thing because she the cassie right that's her name yeah yes. cassie cassie presses play and you hear the audio of what was happening that night and it's really, it's far more powerful than what they can show you. It, it's it's something that a lot of horror movies will do sometimes as well. Like, it's mm. more powerful to insinuate what's happening than show you because your brain is far better in imagining the most horrible thing possible than we could ever possibly show you. Yeah. And so you hear all the audio and you hear the background of the party and you hear people talking and you hear all these, all the, the, the characters and their voices in the background that you've started to get to know their names of and how involved they were with the situation. Then you hear Ryan's voice in the background yeah. as well, and that's when you see Cassie break down. Like he's he's no different. Yeah, and yeah. then yeah, it does show that because I think it is more powerful just to show Cassie's reaction to everything that's mm-hmm. happening and her crying while she's watching this, and then kind of having that moment of reflection of like how is she going to move forward with this now, 
I think, because like it does kind of hint that like if she never got this video, she probably would have let go of the situation, just moved on, and possibly even like married Ryan, had kids, and the white picket fence, and blah 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 blah. Yeah, like it does thing. hint at that. Yeah. yeah, but this is where we come to her confronting Ryan about this, and basically yeah. like um threatening his livelihood right. <laughs> and his career because she has this video of him on it and oh and just like because like again they were real lovey-dovey before that and he was like oh what are you what are you doing here and she's like we need to talk and he's like okay mm-hmm. and like it starts up and he's like very upbeat because it looks like it's like a general like ooh lovey-dovey stuff until mm-hmm. she's like oh i got something to show you and just pulls out the video is like what what is it i i don't want to watch this yeah I think in a weird way, what kind of showed me a lot about his character and that is like whenever he hears his voice in the video, it's not him being regretful as much as like, a, OK, you caught me kind of thing when he goes like, yeah, oh, shit. And yeah. And like, he's like the way that he says like, oh, shit, in that scene isn't the oh, shit of someone who's remorseful. It's the oh, shit of someone that like got caught, got caught smoking yeah. weed in yeah. his garage or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's like it's something that happens in this movie all the time. And it's always so impactful every time it does. He doesn't apologize he always says i was a kid back then yeah like, no there's one there's basically one character who ever apologizes in it which is the lawyer yeah mm-hmm. and he's everyone else who was like actually directly involved has no remorse yep yeah and well i think what's funny about that scene too that the director said is uh he doesn't want to admit that what he did was wrong but he still asks her to forgive him Right in yeah. that scene because he doesn't want to he doesn't want to say that he did anything wrong but he still wants forgiveness because yeah. to admit that he did something wrong is to admit confidence to admit that he knew what was happening was wrong to begin with yeah but he doesn't want to do that he just wants to be forgiven and have the speed brushed underneath the rug right because he just he just wants the lovey dovey back yeah he doesn't want the real life basically yeah basically and then whenever he asks he says like please forgive me you have to forgive me and she just says no to him. No. And he once again turns into an internet nice guy, and his mood just flips 180 on yeah. that one of just like calling her a fucking failure and like, like telling her, like, What do you expect you're going to get out of this, huh? But okay. anyway, she gets the address for the bachelor party. Right. Yeah. For Al, the main. Al Monroe. Yes. And this is where it's the beginning or the end. It's the beginning, beginning of the end, if the you will. The beginning of the yeah. end. Yeah. <laughs> Um, wherever she decides she's going to pose as the stripper going to the party. Yeah. And like they even say that like whenever she gets there and everything like, oh, okay, who ordered the stripper? Like, oh, it wasn't me. Uh, don't look at me kind of thing. And right. so like kind of just making it seem like someone decided they're going to be the cool guy and order a stripper for this bachelor party. And like, and the guy's like, guys, I, you know, and Anastasia, Anastasia would flip out. Yeah. And then doesn't just send the stripper home. Yeah. Which, before you even meet Al, it's one thing that I forgot about that I remember seeing that like spoke so much volume about Al's character before you even meet him is whenever she looks at his uh, friender profile and he's like, guys, look, I'm getting married to the love of my life. Doesn't hurt that she's a bikini model either. I know. Yeah. It's like, uh. Yeah. But yeah, he says like, you know, she's going to flip if she sees us or anything like that. And like, they just tell him, calm down, you know, no one's ever going to find out about this. We're bros. What happens at the cabin stays at the yeah. cabin, you know, kind of thing. And uh, she makes all the men kneel in front of her and she starts like just pouring vodka in every guy's yeah. mouth. And like they're using a phantom camera and it's all happening in slow motion. And so mm-hmm. like you just kind of it lets you 
get like saturated in like every little detail, yeah, like how close close-ups. Of yeah, it's nastiness. like very grotesque. Of like, there's <laughs> nothing really bad. Just her chewing gum and pouring vodka in guy's mouth, but like the detail behind all of it just yeah. makes it feel gross and have a cover of grime over all of it. And then she tells him like, you know, it's like okay, well, I gotta bring uh gotta bring the groom upstairs he's like no i i, I can't do anything like that you know kind of trying to show that like he thinks that he's a nice guy by right. telling her no and everything and she just goes into his nice guy sensibility by saying like listen you don't have to do anything but i don't get paid if i don't go upstairs with you okay fine i'll go upstairs with you then and goes up to the cowboy room where there's a bunch of cowboy hats on the wall <laughs> and a yeehaw right above the bed yeah cuffs him to the bed and starts going into the monologue of which, well, okay, she should have also cuffed his, or tied up his legs, too, because, yeah. like, I saw that shit coming. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but with that one, he asks her, like, so what's your name? And she gives a stripper answer. Oh, my name's Candy. Okay, what's your real name? Nina. What? Like, Nina oh, Fisher. who did it? Who's the wise yeah, like, guy? Like, who yeah. set you up to do this kind of thing? And, mm-hmm. like, goes onto the monologue showing, like, he knows who Nina is and everything. And, like, he kind of sees this as his day of reckoning. While he's tied to a bed. Yeah. He's and like, okay, I don't know who has this kind of sick, dark sense of humor, but that, I got it. You gotta let me go now. I, okay, I get it. It's funny. Let me go. Yeah. And then starts trying to just get him to admit what he did. Yeah. Which he keeps on saying, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. I did nothing wrong. Come on, I was a kid. And they calmed down a little bit. It was a party. We were drunk. I was a kid. And But I didn't do anything wrong, though. But just to let you know... I, I was a kid and I was drunk, but I did nothing wrong. Right, mm-hmm. and it's not even she doesn't even necessarily ask that he it, like s- admits guilt or anything. She just asks what happened. Yeah, yeah. and he never he won't because he because again like he knows what happened and he's refusing to actually admit own up. Yeah, he's yeah. A, trying mm-hmm. to admit guilt, but goes on to that. She gives her monologue of um, which I think probably the most powerful thing she says in this is at one point in time he says like come on like. I was accused of rape. You know, like, that's the worst nightmare of a guy during that age is mm-hmm. to be accused of something like that. And she just looks at him and says, like, can you imagine what a girl's worst nightmare is? And then tells him nobody even remembers Nina's name because, once again, the only person who's even willing to admit that it was Nina was the lawyer. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to even, like, say her name. It's this very Candyman situation. You can't even say the name of it. Yeah. And so she says, because no one remembers her name but everybody should. I'm going to make sure you never forget by writing your name all over her and pulls out a scalpel and like says, don't worry, it's all sterilized. And like, I would have, or uh, I made sure everything is sterilized. I would have actually made a pretty great doctor and like decides she's going to like start cutting him up basically. Mm-hmm. And probably the hardest scene to watch in this entire movie because yeah, one of the handcuffs comes loose and he attacks her back and he throws a pillow over her head and then like puts his knee on top of it and basically starts suffocating her underneath this pillow and we get and, to see the whole thing. Mm-hmm. uh the director actually had to look up and like ask his doc- doctor friend uh how long it takes for someone to die while being suffocated like that and the answer came back as two and a half minutes so you get to watch him smother her to death for two and a half minutes well, he keeps on saying over and over again to stop because this is all your fucking fault. Yeah. Right. And says it in such a way that he believes that it actually is her fault. And that, mm-hmm. once again, he's not doing anything wrong while he's murdering this girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and you watch the happen, and he goes over to the side, still cuffed, obviously. Yeah, still cuffed mm-hmm. with one hand, and just kind of cries for a bit until morning whenever right. one of his friends comes in. To, like, cr- well, like the best, it's just a hard cut Yeah, with yeah. him still just sitting staring wide-eyed yep because like he clearly mm-hmm. did not sleep he had his 
sit there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just sat there next to the dead body the entire night. And like it's very much a cut from that scene to that scene in the morning with light coming in through the windows. Yeah. Without him moving at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, his friend comes in and he's just like, I'm trying to wake her up. And he t- tries to tell her that he's dead. And she's like, he's like, oh yeah, 90s cliche. You killed the stripper. Like how fucking juvenile are you kind of thing. Kind of showing once again how women are viewed in these situations too of like, Oh yeah, this was a cliche in the nineties of you accidentally killed the stripper. You accidentally killed a hooker. Yeah. Was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's. Yep. That up. was considered to be a joke back in the nineties. Um, yeah. And there's definitely, you get to see this bro mentality, um, put to its extent. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Like yeah. once again, another thing that, I never would have noticed uh, unless the director said this is I guess the actor playing the best friend in there uh, heard what the character is supposed to be and like, you know, the wardrobe and like what kind of personality this guy has. And he says like, I feel like this guy would have a golfer's tan. And so he actually went and like purposely got a golfer's tan to where like, there's like a perfect cut on his arm of like where his polo shirt cuts off. And like, you can barely see it. Cause it's like maybe half a shade darker than his actual skin. That you see him whenever like he hugs him and tells him that like I'm gonna help you hide this body because right. this wasn't your fault. It was an accident. And like yeah. keeps on convincing him you did fault, nothing though. wrong. Yeah. You just murdered a woman, but you did nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah. And then basically cuts like hard cuts to a scene where they're playing a song from the, the original King and I play, where she's talking or like the lyrics of the song is basically of this man does wrong every now and then, but deep down, he's a good man. Mm-hmm. While they're burning the body yeah. of the stripper. Yeah. Very nonchalantly. Yeah, very nonchalantly. Like, enough so that like you can tell they don't really care because like her arm is sticking out of the fire and he just kicks her arm back into the fire. It makes you wonder, mm-hmm. what else has this guy done? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, it's... I've only seen like one article about this and they don't talk about it in the DVD or not, but I actually heard that originally this is where the movie was supposed to end. Man. Yeah. And like while watching this movie, yeah, while I was watching this movie for the very first time, I kept on thinking like this better not end here. There's like, this is too much of a downer ending. Like it's the sad thing is, is it's realistic too is cause like the director said that she would have loved to have her carve Nina's name into the sky. And then you just get a slow motion cut of her walking away from the or from the cabin while the cabin's set on fire. <laughs> she would have loved to have that as an ending, but she said that she felt like she had to be true to the movie, and she felt like that just would not be true. That'd be too much of a fantasy, even for this uh, fantasy revenge movie. Yeah, which is also why I say this movie is kind of down to earth and realistic, is because right. like, well, that's like that's too much of like a '90s action flick kind yeah, of. Yeah, exactly, and it wouldn't have been realistic to what's mostly a very realistic movie. And so I felt like this, like for a little while there, I felt like this actually might be the ending of the movie because like the next scene is basically everyone giving like their prejudices against her of just like, oh, well, like she has a tendency to just kind of disappear every now and then, right, but she'll yeah, turn up. She she always turns up. It'll be fine. Yeah. The mother's put a missing person's report. Yeah. About a week. Yeah. And um, the father was the one that says like, she always turns back up, like she'll be fine. And then like they go to uh to ryan bo burnham's character and ask him like oh like have you seen her it's like oh we broke up like last thursday it's like how long has she been missing again oh since friday friday right right and like it kind of shows that like deep down he knows what happened but he doesn't Mm want to say anything because once again he just doesn't want to get involved with it yeah Mm -hmm. well like a a big thing is he didn't even realize it was why the police were coming in to question him right it was because of the video yeah yeah he did have like that oh shit I'm in trouble look for a second yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. But like it was that she went missing and even after that he didn't like try to help 
because no. he knew what was going to happen if he did. You see yeah. the gears start to turn in his head, and where he's like, uh, "I can, I can, I can right these wrongs, but I don't yeah. want to get involved. I don't yeah. want to get in trouble. Like, who's going to want to deal with the uh, podiatrist? Yeah, podiatrist, right? No, he's pediatrician. A pediatrician. pediatrician. Yeah, don't want to Pedi- deal with the pediatric surgeon. Yeah, no one wants to hire a pediatric surgeon that or has a date rape or added onto his profile somewhere. Right. Right. And so he makes excuses. Yeah. He's like, yeah, Just I like, don't know. Uh, like, they think that maybe she might have hurt herself. Do you think that it sounds like Cassie's like, oh, yeah, that, that does kind of sound like something that she might do. Do you, th- mm-hmm. do you think she maybe she's okay kind of thing? And, like, you can tell that he's just, like, saying whatever he needs to say yeah. to get out of this. And, like, it's weird. Like, the detective's, like, weirdly uh, leading him, which is... Which we learn is the detective actually doing a good detective job. Yeah. Because we see that note later. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, and like eventually it goes to Al's wedding and like it's, they actually did everything they could to make this as obnoxious of a wedding as humanly possible. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, they had one it. day to film this for the wedding and they wanted to make it as obnoxious of a wedding as humanly possible <laughs> yeah. in this one day. So like they do what they can, like they have, you know, uh, Al and his, or Al and his bride. Yeah, his Anastasia. bride. Anastasia. thank you. Why did I forget her name? I'm the one who originally remembered it. fun. <laughs> um. You know, like saying their vows to each other and like his friend who helped him, you know, bury a body talking, <laughs> doing his stupid best man speech yeah. and like these two drum circle girls like hitting drums and everybody just kind of like doing their dumb dance to it for a second. Yeah. And like everyone I, I, seems happy at that wedding except for Ryan who trying just kind of like is still just kind of looking around waiting for something to happen. By the way, Ryan knows that she went missing after visiting him and still showed up to the wedding. So yeah, it really yeah. shows where his fucking priorities yeah. are. Oh, yeah. But that, and then Ryan eventually ends up getting a text from her saying it was a scheduled text. So, like, she wrote it and said, like, uh, which I don't think it's actually a thing for phones, but maybe I'm wrong. No, I can no, schedule, can schedule messages. Okay. Yeah. yeah, like, schedules a text for him saying, like, you think this is the end, but it's not. Now's the end. Uh, then, yeah. bye from, Cassan- or from Cassie and Nina. All winky while- face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, winky face. All while the cops are coming to come arrest Al because she sent a lawyer to the, or, sorry, let me repeat that. She sent a letter to the lawyer. With the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the phone saying, like, I'm going to go to this cabin here in a couple of days. If I don't come back, send this out everywhere. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, in a weird way, also, the one person who's actually remorseful for this actually gets his redemption by being able to do this, too. By mm-hmm. being, being able to at least right one wrong that he's done in his life. Yeah, yeah. so the police find the terribly hidden ashes. Yeah. Uh, the best... The best friend to Al is fucking running away yeah, like an yeah. idiot. The whole idea is like it was meant to like make him seem like he's like a ride or die friend. Like he'll do anything for his buddy yeah. until the Except cops show arrested. up. Yeah, until the cops show up, and then he's fucking out of there. Uh, and like, like Al, it's interesting with Al though, because like he's like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like there's he knows there's nothing you can even do in that situation. Because yeah. for one, they have they now have a video of him raping a woman, and they have evidence that he murdered this woman. They have mm-hmm. uh, evidence that she was there. Like chances are they didn't have a uh, chances are they weren't able to clean up like all the DNA evidence because like if you look at the pillow whenever he lifts it up to see if the stripper is dead, you see like makeup and yeah, bru- like blood and everything else on the bottom of the pillowcase. Uh, arguably, have proof of two murders because I would say a good lawyer could probably pin uh, Nina's suicide as yeah. murder. In this case, probably, because it's just one of those, like, she killed herself, but it was because of something that he did to her. Yeah. So the emotional distress yeah. that he put onto her. So but yeah, uh, like, it's... it's um, yeah, so it ends on the 
twinky face. Yeah. yeah. While and... listening to the song Call Me Angel, which <laughs> is weirdly perfect for that scene. Every single song is perfect at yeah. summing up the last act. Actually, we, we skipped over it, but when she's first going to the cabin, it is this really, like, insane rendition of toxic yeah. Yeah. on the violin and i fucking love it it's pretty good actually <laughs> yeah, yeah it's uh she said that she wanted to have that song somewhere in there and i guess while she was browsing youtube she saw an orchestral version of it uh-huh. so she sent it to her sound engineer and then slowed it down 50 percent and said i want this for the movie right and like, had them or like basically play that song at half tempo yeah it was fun like trying to piece together in my head what this song was because i recognized it immediately <laughs> but i couldn't figure out why until like the main strings came Once in the... yeah <laughs> i was like oh my fucking god that's amazing yeah. uh but yeah yeah that's how it ends with yeah. i'm gonna complain about the ending because it zooms in on the text message of the winky face which is clearly pink and it zooms into that and then it turns black why did you even <laughs> fucking zoom in on the pink if you're just gonna go the black pink wasn't the concentration it was the winky <laughs> face <laughs> But yeah, that was the end of the movie, which I think we all can agree it wasn't the most satisfying ending in the world, but like it's a slightly more realistic because like sadly enough, like if a woman tried, you know, running into the wall of testosterone that was that bachelor party to try to kill the groom, like what are the chances she's going to make it out of there alive, you know? Well, I mean, she knew she had very little chance. Yeah. And like that was the whole idea of the letter, too, is like she uh, because the director says she doesn't feel like Cassie walked in there for it to be a suicide mission, but she knew that there was a chance that she wasn't going to make it out. Yeah. Um, Which is, you know, why she hid her, or hid her car out in the middle of the woods and got rid of the license plate and got rid of any identifying marks and shut off her cell phone and everything that she needed to do in order to kind of hide herself from what she was doing. Mm-hmm. If she shut off her cell phone, how did the messages send out? Like she sent, she a, scheduled a, it before she shut it off. I'm pretty yeah, sure. So okay. sitting in the server, like saying, like, oh, it'll send on this date at this time. Okay, yeah, it's so. not on your phone. It's already sent into the server. The server just has a time limit to when it'll send. Okay, it I yeah. don't know. Where it's... Um, <laughs> and then I know, I know, we're getting a long drive, but I do want to. I'm very curious about that article now that we're yeah, through. and because yeah, that's how me and Drive found out about this movie was because Variety wrote an article about it, and in the article, um. The reviewer, like he, for the most part, he had a positive review of the movie. But whenever he talked about Carrie Mulligan, uh, the main actress of this movie playing it, he wrote, and I quote, Mulligan, a fine actress, seems a bit of an odd choice for this admittedly many layered uh, apparent femme fatale. Margot Robbie is a producer here, and one can perhaps too easily imagine that the role might have once been intended for her, whereas this star, Cassie, uh, wears her pickup bait gear like a bad drag. Even her long blonde hair seems uh, to be put on. The flat American accent she delivers is her lowest voice register, likewise. Seems a bit meta, although it's not quite clear with the, uh, with the quotation marks around this. Carrie felt, uh, felt, offended, uh, yeah, Carrie felt offended by this, as, uh, basically as if she wasn't hot enough to like, pull off this ruse. Right. Like, oh, she's not hot enough to pull off this whole thing. Margot Robbie, on the other hand. Oh my god. Because if you look at the producer credits, Margot Robbie did help produce this movie because... Mm-hmm. She believed in the message of this movie. And think about it, like, talks about it in the commentary. That's not about the article, but about how Carrie Mulligan was the first choice. Like, she was the choice to play Cassie for this role because I think she, she nailed it. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I don't. completely agree because she's, a, like he said, a multi layered character in this movie. And I think she does all of her multi layers very well. Yeah. And to be fair, she honestly just has a deep voice. Like, if you heard. 
if you hear her talking in her original British accent, it's actually even deeper than this voice is. It's just, he missed the mark on that point so <laughs> right. much. Yeah, yeah, very much so. But yeah, she said that she was super offended by it and she wasn't going to let it go either. And it doesn't help that like uh, somewhat recently they asked the guy who wrote the article about it and he was offended that people were offended that he said that. Of course like, he was. What he said he, was didn't. He doesn't uh. realize that he would have ever said anything wrong. Yeah, the reviewer commented that he was offended on how he was portrayed, defending himself, saying, I'm a 60-year-old gay man. I don't actually go around dwelling uh, on comparative hotness of young actresses, let alone writing about that. And it's, uh, and the sad thing is, is the National Society of Film Critics actually defended him on that. It doesn't, weirdly enough, it doesn't help that uh, two people that are actually on that are on the National Society of the Film Critics are a- actually like higher ups at Variety. So like they're trying to basically say like, oh, well, he shouldn't have apologized at all about that. So once again, it's another one of those defending the guy despite what the woman says. I always thing. hate that like argument. Like, oh, you should have the fault. It's like, yes, you should. That's part of a being a fucking human being is understanding when you're making mistakes. Yeah. Which to be fair, like it's his opinion of the movie. He's entitled to his opinion, but it's still a fucked up thing to say. You can have opinions, but you can still be in have be informed badly with your opinions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like. But you should like, still get a better idea of, like, like again, that's just, like, s- missing the entire point of the movie having that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, to be fair, whenever I first read which, that review, because... Sorry. Which doesn't matter. That, like, it doesn't even, like, matter that he's a gay guy. It's just, like, yeah. the fact that he's still... He doesn't get it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think still Carrie doesn't. Mulligan fucking nailed this role, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And, like... Once again, this might be typecasting. I actually would have a hard time seeing Margot Robbie play this because, like, I don't really see her as being, like, this bitter, vengeful woman like it is in this movie. I see her more as, like, kind of the crazy daddy issues that they have for Suicide Squad. I mean, she's a really good actress. She oh, is. She like, don't get me wrong. She's a great mm-hmm. actress. I have, a, oh. I have a harder time seeing her in this role compared to Carrie Mulligan, though. I think she could pull it off. She was great in I, Tanya. Um, I think she could do it, but, like, I don't. I never questioned yeah. the acting in this, even and, for a second. Yeah, once again, I think that's just one of those typecasting things. I haven't seen enough of her movies to say whether or not, like, how she would play this, but I think Carrie Mulligan, once again, nailed the role for this. Absolutely. But honestly, that's actually, in my opinion, not even the most offensive uh, controversy I read about this. The other one that I read that I felt was more controversial kind of got swept under the rug. Uh, the Italian version of this movie that with the Italian dub of it. Um, well, okay. First thing I should probably say is, um, Laverne Cox, the woman who plays Gail in this movie uh-huh. is actually a transgendered woman. Okay. Yeah. Movie never brings it up because it's really not important. And no. like one She's thing, in, um, Orange is the, is Orange the, is the New Black. Black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And she was also in the remake of, um, uh, Rocky's Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also great actress, by the way, like, yeah. The reason why she got picked for Gale is because she just happened to be the best choice to play Gale. Like, really good. Yeah. And um, anyways, didn't feel the need to actually even bring up that she's transgender, except for the fact that the Italian dub of this movie, they clearly used a man to dub her voice. Really? Yep. What? Uh, uh, I, I pulled up his name at one point in time. I don't, like... But yeah, like, they clearly used a man's voice in the Ita- Italian dub of this to play her voice with it which felt really fucked up and apparently universal apologized right away and then corrected the mistake but the fact that it happened in general was kind of fucked up yeah (laughs) i I don't under like i don't yeah like there's no reason for that like um (laughs) 
Whenever they asked Laverne Cox about Gail's character, she said she was really glad to play the role and that she felt honored to be part of that role because Gail wasn't even uh, written as a black woman, let alone a transgender woman. She just happened to be the right pick for the role, so they used her. (laughs) That, uh... That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's other transgender women who have come out and said, like, if I was Laverne Cox, I would have been super offended that they did that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's essentially dead naming from an entire studio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, in my opinion, like, whenever I was looking up the variety controversy, that popped up, and I kind of had that, what? Moment. I didn't even know about that. That's so fucked I mean, up. I guess, <laughs> super fucked I guess up. of why you didn't know is because it's the Italian dub. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was right. just the Italian dub, but the fact that it happened at all was offensive like super offensive yeah that's that's actually just straight up fucked yeah what the hell but we talked about this movie it's getting super hot in this room we should probably give our final thoughts this room is basically a ticking time bomb yeah it really (laughs) is before we get heat stroke but yeah um i think i'll start with sam this time okay what would you give as a final rating of this movie um so i really like this movie um i again I wasn't super satisfied with the ending because um, we, we don't get to see, like, you know, what happens to the characters. Obviously, the guy gets arrested, but, like... Yeah, with kind of what how kind they of go... Consequences, consequences do they actually face? Yeah. They were right. like, like that oh, he be... was just a kid at 20-whatever when he yeah. murdered that woman. <laughs> I mean, that would be more satisfying to see. And I didn't really like that she died, but... Um, yeah, I think it brought up a lot of issues that women face in general and just like bro culture again. Um, yeah, I'd say definitely watch it. Um, I would probably give it like a 8.5. Okay. Yeah. E. Hello. What did you think of this movie? Our Uh, final thoughts. Yeah, I, I did really like this movie. Um. Of course, I have the just not really caring about romantic stuff. And even if this is a subversion of it, you kind of, I feel like you need to know the version to be subversioned. That's not a word, but I'm going to keep going. <laughs> we know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, But it is ultimately good. I think the narrative is very tight. And even if I think there's some lulls in the movie, that's arguably just to kind of lower your guard or to get you in the mindset of the characters in the movie. Um, and I definitely think a lot of people should see this movie, but I think a lot of people will be annoyed to have to sit down and confront reality like this does. Well, I think, um, I think this is made for people that are already sort of in the know. Yeah. Not, I don't think anybody that sort of fits the, I guess, personality or, like, fits into, like, the bro culture or whatever would sit down and watch this and be like, huh, yeah, this is yeah. really, I really smart. They'd to- be like, oh, fucking feminists. Yeah, like, <laughs> the movie that this would need to be shown to is people who would refuse to acknowledge it. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> people not, who are I'm bad not, at self-reflecting. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not like, knocking the movie off for that because that's not the movie's fault, mm-hmm. really. Um, I do hope that people talk about this movie for a while. I hope that this isn't still culturally relevant twenty years down the line. That would suck, but um, yeah, this is this is a good movie, uh, a contender for best movie I've seen in twenty twenty, which is a very small list. 
from 2020, not in 2020. I didn't go yeah. back in time, but yeah, uh, uh, seven. That seems like a good number. <laughs> That's a number. <laughs> I'm just like looking at a list of it's like uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Here, D- yep, seven. That sounds Here, like D- a number. Ten roll on the <laughs> on the table. Also, it is super relevant. To this day, because of the whole Blizzard controversy. Yeah, the Blizzard controversy, the Me Too movement, uh, Harvey Weinstein. And also um, Bill Cosby. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, the fucked up thing about him is uh, he got left off, or he got let out of prison on a technicality. Yeah. And they're basically keeping him out of prison because, like, come on, he's an old guy. What is he going to do? Let him rot in jail. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let him rot outside. I don't want that stinking off the life. (laughs) The life. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Dry, final thoughts? Um, yeah, it is a good movie. I think I agree with Sam that the ending is unsatisfying, but thinking about it as we've been talking about it, I think that's the point. Yeah. I mm-hmm. don't think you're supposed to come out of this feeling good. I think you're supposed to come out of this feeling how feeling. you feel in real life, unsatisfied. It, the thing yeah. that should have happened didn't happen. The people that should have owned up didn't fucking own up. The He's not even... <laughs> arrested because of the thing that she went out on this mission for. He's arrested because he, again, couldn't control himself. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he couldn't just admit to what he did, and instead he took the next step, and he went farther, and he went and did more than than what was reasonable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More than what is should happen. He, he and to, to try and hide a horrible crime, he committed another crime. Yeah. Um, and so you don't get to see like him suffer for what he did to Nina. You don't get to see the people around him suffer what they did to Nina. It's only once another tragedy occurs that any attention is paid to it. And I think that that's so true to what happens in real life as well. Mm -hmm. I think that if what happened with Brock Turner, and this is awful to say, but I think it's true. If she were to have died afterwards, that is what would have garnered attention. Well, and the not f- just the fact of like what he did to her. Like, yeah. if he did that to her and then later she died and that story came out, then it would be a news story. And it's awful, but it's true. Because people don't care about current misery. They just don't. And the fucked up thing about it is he would have gotten away with it in general if two guys who were riding bicycles just didn't happen to ride by and see him raping her behind a dumpster. Yeah, it's... Like- he would have completely gotten away with it. She would have woke up or like, whoa, what am I doing outside? What happened? Because like she was drunk enough that like one, she couldn't consent because she was so drunk that she was passed out and had no idea it happened until she woke up in the hospital and they told her what happened. Yeah. It's which fucked up enough. They tried um, minimizing the situation because she didn't remember it. Right. And that, that happens every day. It's, it's happening right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's awful. And I think that that, Again, it's 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 awful, but I think the way that this movie ends up leaving you feeling is true to life. Yeah. Every time you read one of these stories online or see it on the news, you you feel that and you feel your stomach drop to the floor every time. And I think that this recreates that feeling for better or worse. Uh nobody wants to feel that, but I think that this accomplishes getting that across. Yeah. Um it's a good movie. I want to see that cabin burn down. I want to see her kill the people and throw them in a dumpster. I want to see these awful, you gruesome want it, things yeah. happen to these people, but it's not it's not what happens where we're at right now. And maybe one day we can get to a, to a point to where these people are held accountable. And I think maybe the stuff that's happening with Blizzard right now is another step towards 
being able to make that happen. I don't mm-hmm. think it's the final chapter of it, no. even no. close. But I think it's another step forward to being able to make these people have to pay up for what they've done. Yeah. Hopefully, it's a good first step. Yeah. Oh. Which the sad thing is, we've seen this play out before, and it's kind of just got or gone back in a circle almost. And so I'm hoping that, like you said, because enough people are paying attention to it now, and you know there are people who are are able to actually look at this situation that they're able to also, you know, be able to like, yeah, make these guys pay for what they did. Yeah. Um, to see a true sense of justice in a very unjust world. Yeah. But I do like the movie. I think I agree with Sam's score. Uh, 8.5. Okay. It's very good. It's not, it's not perfect. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's not for everybody. And I think that the people who really need to see this are the people that's not directed toward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not an education tool. It's a reassurance. The Jerry's and Neil's need to see this, but they're not gonna. Right. <laughs> and well, chances are they may end up seeing it though, but you know, they may end up having their own little take of just like, man, imagine Margot Robbie played in this movie. <laughs> man, I want to see her it. as a stripper nurse. That'd be sweet. <laughs> there's there's, there's that definitely group of people yeah. who have seen this movie and had that thought. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Robbie, what about you? Honestly, like once again, I saw this movie the first time and automatically knew that I need to show it to you guys too. And I bought this movie. Right away afterwards is $25 movie. It's the first time that I paid that much in a while for a movie. <laughs> but I feel like it was worth it. This movie tells a story and it has, you know, a story. The movie has a story to tell. It has a message to say. And I think it does it very well. Um, when it comes like even like all the subtle context of it. Like one thing that you even said in the movie is like the mother. You didn't like the way that the house looked because like the way the mother was decorating it. And like, I guess the whole idea of that was that. Uh, because her daughter is basically not the woman that she was anymore, that the house has basically become her child, and she's basically prettying it up in the way that she would try to, you know, pretty up a little princess daughter. <laughs> you know, just little, su- like, subtle clues like that. There's a lot of hidden meaning and a lot of hidden symbolism in it. But all in all, all the actors do a phenomenal job with this movie. It's a very good script. It has a very good message. Um, I think it's a movie that more people probably should talk about for the actual message that it has. and. Hopefully, the cynical part of me says no, but hopefully there are some people that kind of have some self-reflection seeing this movie, and hopefully it could possibly, you know, keep this from being relevant 20 years from now. The cynical side of me says no, but hopefully it does, and like, it does have a very powerful message, and I think it is a very important movie, so I, I give it a nine. I'd say it's very well done. All right. Um, well, E. Hello. That's the end of this one. So... If people want to get a hold of us, where can they do that? We got the trio the links. Uh L I N K T R dot E E slash L O I P. That gets you links to all of our trees we've planted throughout our lives. <laughs> no, it gives you links to our socials and where you can li- listen to us. Which is kind wow. of the seeds we planted in our lives. Yeah. If you want to see it that way. <laughs> we also got an email. The last ones in podcasts at gmail.com. Once again, that is the last ones in podcasts at gmail.com. Send us, uh, I, I don't know, Sam, what should they send us? Um, send us, <laughs> it's too dark. Yeah, I was gonna send us I... your dicks. <laughs> no, I was about no. to <laughs> that you cut off. <laughs> 
I was I mean my joke joke was darker. I was gonna say send us your promising young men to bird in a log cabin. <laughs> don't send us anything you're weak, I guess. Don't send us anything. We don't want to hear from um. you. Send us some cups of coffee. Coffee. Sure. There you go. The Cough, coffee. S- send us your favorite blend of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but hello, Robbie. Yes. Let's let's get us out of here. Okay. So you're going out and about. Make sure to stay safe. Stay six feet apart. Wear a mask if you're in public. Wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. Get vaccinated if you can. It's more important now than it's ever been. But if not, do what you can to stay home. Stay alone. Stay alive. Be kind to one, or one another out there. And whether this is the very first time you've listened to us or you've been with us since the very beginning, thank you for listening. Yes. Thank you guys so much. Um. Thank you, E. Yeah. Thank you, Robbie. Thank you, Sam, as always. Yeah. For the occasional episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully you guys are having a great week out there. Like Robbie said, be safe. More variants are popping up. Things are getting back to mid-2020 levels of awful. So be safe. Don't be a dickhole. Talk to you next week. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.